Hello everybody and welcome to episode 549 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street and probably for a little bit of tonight, Doctor Who podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And uh, we are just reeling from the I'm news. I'm not doing a Doctor Who podcast. We're not doing a Doctor Who podcast, but if anything <laughs> was going to get us to do a Doctor Who podcast tonight's news, is it? We are just reeling from the revelation that... Um, Oh, can I say Conversation Street guest Millie Gibson? Is she's most famous for that. Mo- most yeah. famous for appearance on Conversation <laughs> Street. I hear that she was also in in some soap or something. Is going to be the new companion in Doctor Who. It was revealed about when was it? An hour or so ago, as of when we we're recording this. And um, yeah, it's a, it's just kind of sinking in, isn't it? It's um, it's pretty cool news. Very excited. I'm excited for Doctor Who fans. They do not know what's about to hit them because Millie Gibson oh is my gosh she's just so brilliant and I think she is gonna blow the socks off of all the companions that have ever been sorry she's she's amazing I'm sorry but she's, she's amazing she's got big shoes to fill which she is absolutely amazing I am so so sure so we, we were watching I think she's incredible she... I think she's gonna be so fantastic and if anything would make me want to watch uh, Doctor Who it would be the fact that She's going to be in it. Well, we've, I, I've been watching... I haven't missed an episode of Doctor really Who haven't. since it came back in 2005. But um, long-term listeners of the podcast may have noticed a decline in my affections towards the programme in the last couple of years. But um, if anything's going to get me back on the uh, Team TARDIS again, this is definitely it. I'm so, so, so chuffed for her. We, were, we knew this morning that the, the news was going to break tonight, didn't we? They, they put out on social media, on oh, Children in Need Tonight, which is the big... BBC fundraiser they do this time every year. Um, the new Doctor Who companion will be announced. And <laughs> we've been joking with Charlie and Charlie DeMello for weeks that we thought it was going to be him, haven't we? But um, little did you know how close we were. Well, now that Millie is in Doctor Who, she can't talk to us anymore. Because she's I hope BBC. that she doesn't forget about the little people anymore. She's no. BBC now. BBC so don't like to have, to have people talking BBC about that. Won't like us, no. But anyway, we didn't know when this, this uh, news was going to break tonight. So we were watching Corrie on the big TV. You had Children in Need on mute on the iPad in I your lap. I had Children in Need on mute and I was having a discussion about Mr. Blobby and I knew that there was a video of Mr. Blobby on the internet and it's like um, a spooky, what's the word? like a uh, creepypasta mm. about Crinkly Bottom because it was a theme park. So I was trying to find a video of Mr. Blobby, which is like like somebody's <laughs> going around the abandoned uh, place of Crinkly Bottom Amusement Park and then Mr. Blobby comes out and attacks him. And I was trying to find this and then at the corner of my eye, I noticed that this is the TARDIS appearing on the screen and I quickly pick it up and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And then I see Willie Gibson and I was like, I don't believe this is true. And I kept showing it to you because I was like, and I didn't say who it was because I was like, Michael will say if I'm right here because I don't believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing. So I kept showing it to you and you're going, I can't see who it is. Well, every time you showed me like, the iPad, she turned and hugged Mel Gedroig so I could just see this blonde <laughs> woman. It's like, who is it? Just tell me you who it going, is. I don't know who it is. And I was like, well, maybe it's not her then. But it, she just kept turning away and And then then we realised it was her and there was much rejoicing um, yeah, well, like, yeah, I kept looking at the screen and she's there, and then you get looking at the screen and she's like looking somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, but Michael, it's obviously well, Millie Gibson, what's happening? We have since, now Coronation Street still did take precedent, of course, so we watched the end of that, and then we went back and watched her coming out of the TARDIS, having a, having she's a so chat. She's lovely. She's very lovely. She's going to be amazing. When will fame go to her head? 
I hope she stays grounded. <laughs> I'm sure she will. Well, she's it's a very go- lovely it's person. Surely it's gonna it's gonna soon because she's just gonna keep going on and on, isn't she? She's it, so fantastic. I I think that she's gonna be brilliant for Doctor Who, and I'm sorry. I'm just no, gonna get my dog, to, my okay. my recent Doctor Who slagging really off me. The last companions have been no rubbish. Have they have? Sorry. Well, can I just They've say, been naff. The last right. few companions. You know, I'm okay. I'll join in then. If anyone thought that I thought Arlie was the most boring person on TV, you're wrong because all of the companions <laughs> that are in Doctor Who are have been dull. Just in the last Apart few years, Bradley Walsh was all Bradley right, Walsh wasn't was it? Great. And then the but, rest um, of them, I don't even Mandip know their, I've and, never uh, learned their names. No, no, no I don't. No, it's not the actors' fault. No, no, it's not. It's the characters that they play. Okay, I don't even know what just the characters' awful, names are. Really, really, and bland. they've been in it for like how long? Yeah, but I mean, the, the, we we really like the the and we say original companions, but um, as as I newbies, no, 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 we're talking about the post two thousand and five. Billy Piper was amazing. Um, Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Oh yeah, actually, absolutely. Catherine oh, Tate. Oh my gosh, is, what is she was so so good companion. for the show. She's my favourite companion on the show. So, then we had Karen Gillan. <laughs> Karen Gillan played Amy Pond, also See, very very can good. Can we just say, look, Karen, what's her face? Karen Gillan. She is now in Marvel films. I know. Millie Gibson could be. I know, I know. And then you got no you, end. well, you got you also had Jenna Louise Coleman, who's gone on to bigger and better things as well. Who played Clara? I wasn't such a fan of Clara, but there was no denying um, uh, Jenna's acting credentials. So for for Millie Gibson to get this part on on you know the the premiere. Well, um, BBC sorry drama. To say, but I sorry, think she's a better actress than all of them. Doctor Who fans, you, uh, I, I, there's probably Tate some people. Is amazing because she's got she's a comedic character and they knew exactly how to use her on Doctor Who and they did it perfectly and that's mm. why she's my favourite companion. But I mean, we know soap snobbery, so no doubt there will be some Doctor Who fans at the moment saying, "What a soap actress, someone off Corrie being on Doctor Who?" No, thank you. But honestly, guys, if you if you uh, I know that there are there's no of you listening you here at the about? moment. But hey, fellow Corrie fans. We know, don't we? Tell everybody. <laughs> they don't Tell know everybody what on Twitter. For. They don't she even know gonna what's going to happen to them. So, so good. So the character is going to be called Ruby Sunday. Terrible. Which is a weird name. I'm it's not... stupid. It sounds like a, a doctor and it sounds like a James Bond girl. It does sound like a sort of name that Russell T. Davis might come up with, though. It's like kind of fantastical sort of fairy taleish sort of name. So I'm not particularly sold on that yet, but that no, doesn't matter. I, I just, I, I'm really curious to see what sort of character that she'll play and how close she'll be to Millie, who is in turn quite different to, 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 to Kelly in many ways, because she, she's fiery. She's got the, she's got, um, she's got spunk. She's got, she's, she can do the dramatic scenes really well, can't we? We've she certainly seen she can, she can have a good cry when she needs to on cue. And, um, and that is certainly called upon on Doctor Who Companions. We were talking about her, um, beautiful eyebrow. Yes. And we've decided that she's going to have a Harry Potter-esque um, <laughs> origin story where a Dalek shoots her as a baby and yeah. leaves a scar on her eyebrow. <laughs> so if I oh, was it a team... baby, was it? So I, re- I reckon well, that it's... Harry, Harry Potter was a baby yeah, when no, Voldemort that's true. cast a curse on him. I think what's I gonna... don't know if you're not au fait with I, that. I very much know what you're talking about. I, I, I reckon that we're going to see Millie Gibson playing... Uh, Ruby Sunday at the beginning with her eyebrow filled in and then she's yeah. going to have a close encounter with a Dalek who's going to like try and Dalek. exterminate her it's just going to graze Ooh. her and she's going to go buy it that was a close one yeah and run off can I be your friend doctor yeah and, um, and that's how it's all going to start so you heard <laughs> it so here excited. first we, now we just have to wait two years 
two That's years ridiculous. to see it on screen because next year, this time next year, Doctor Who's got like three episodes for the um for its sixtieth anniversary, and that's when now now they've got David Tennant back in. Um, what with, are they waiting with for? Catherine Tate. Get on with it. So it's not going to be till twenty twenty four that we'll see her. I cannot wait. I really, really, really excited. Return to Russell T Davis as the producer, who was great for the show. We've got Millie Gibson. We got yeah. The, okay, the... we don't want to talk about Doctor Who anymore. Okay. End of Doctor Millie Who Gibson discussion. Millie Gibson is fantastic. You can talk about Doctor Who you like. Start a Doctor Who podcast. I'm not going to start a Doctor Who podcast. That, People that was didn't so big tune news, in to hear about wait for the cabin. No, we're talking about Millie Gibson being in Doctor Who, not about Doctor Who in general. Yeah, no, jolly good news. People did tune in, Gemma. What? To be quizzed about what happened in years ending in a what are we two and a seven mm. this week in Coronation Street I hope you got a good quiz lined up for me we got I might as well not have bothered really because you've paper. taken so much time it doesn't matter it doesn't, there's, I have to warn you there is People quite a lot of news in the do. cabin today well I hope they've got stuff to do that can involve listening to a podcast I hope you've got a good bit of a, a good bit of tidy in the house <laughs> okay, and, you ready? and stuff this weekend quiz this, between this the 14th the 18th of November and years ending in a two and a seven and I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com which is Coropedia yes 14th of November 1977, which couple goes on their second honeymoon? Stan and Hilda. That's an easy one. Oh, 1977. Yeah, there you go. That was a long time ago. How long ago was it? Some might say 45 years ago. Correct. 14th of November 1997, Nick and Leanne get drunk and break a radiator. So Nick has to pay 30 quid that that Audrey gave him to fix it. But why did she give him that money to start with? She didn't give it to him for the radiator. She gave him before that happened. That's an obscure question. I don't even remember the radiator breaking. Um, 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gave him 30 quid. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would Audrey... What would Granny get your, Audrey... Get your, get your hair cut properly, Nick. <laughs> That's probably what she'd <laughs> 30 say. 30 quid in 1997 <laughs> to get your hair cut. Probably, that is probably what, how much she spent on it, actually. I don't know, what is it? Pay for books for college. Oh, I thought it was all going to say No, you always say college. this. You always say it. Oh, I was just I was, ready to make why a Why didn't you just say it then? Cut. 15th of November, 1967. The residents think that Ken hit Valerie because she has a black eye, but what really happened? Um... She's hit by a Dalek. <laughs> and walked into a door. <laughs> no. Walked into a cupboard, governor, honestly. No. What, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Peter threw a fire engine at her. and I did Peter. Check, I did check it is a toy. <laughs> 16th of November, Oh, last week I did rubbish in the quiz as well. It's not going to be two in a row, is it? 16th of November, 2002. What sad news do Richard and Gail tell Sarah about Audrey? Um, that she's, 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 um, uh, got Alzheimer's or something she's like got that. dementia. Dementia, yes, I get that, I get a mark for that. Um, 16th of, of November, 1992, what does Doug Murray tell Kevin his real name is? <laughs> what is this? He's just trying to catch me out. Mugdurry. Doug Murray, um, I barely even remember what that character looks like. It's the name of a band. Um, can no, I have I'm a, gonna know it, yeah. Can I have a clue? Name of a band. Is it really? Yeah. Um, nope, I don't know. Go on then. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. Did you know that was a band? No. 16th of November. Oh Do you think they name themselves after the Coronation Street character? Probably. I'd have to investigate this. 16th of November, 1997. When Toya refuses to pay for Maxine's haircut... 
yeah. the hair, the cut that she gives her. Toya refuses Toya, to pay Maxine for Maxine cuts. Ma- Maxine yeah. cuts Toya's hair. And yeah. Toya's like, that's crap. I'm not giving you any money. Yeah. How does Audrey convince her to cough up the cash? Oh, these are really hard questions. I know, I don't thing. care. Audrey convinces Toya... To pay for her haircut. I just thought this was funny. Oh, go on, I don't know, just tell she me. She threatens to hit her. What? Seventeenth <laughs> <laughs> oh of November two thousand and two. this episode is a four hander with which characters? Seventeenth of November two thousand and two. Right. Richard Hillman. Yeah. Gail, uh whatever she was back then. Audrey Roberts and Archie Shuttleworth. Correct. I'll give you four points for that because you're feeling sad. Oh, thank you. Thank you to make up for my uh, previous failings. 18th of November, 1987. Two characters are beaten by burglars while packing. Which year did you say? 1987. Yeah. Two characters are beaten by burglars while packing and one of them eventually dies. Who are they? Beaten by burglars while packing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I think you might have it. It was the Lowders, wasn't it? Crap, yeah. Dr. Dr. Lowther and his wife. And they give you one point because it's actually Hilda and Mrs. Oh, Lowther. yeah. Oh, of course idiot. it was. Oh, what man. What a dumb Dr. idiot. I not about that point. <laughs> I remember. I remember. That's been pretty impressive that I knew the story that you were I know, I you think you're pretty good there, yeah. There you go. Okay, I tell well. You what your score was. Yeah, not, not so good a score this week, but thanks for the well, those four are points very difficult. A those are very difficult questions. They were, they were indeed. Because when, when I was writing them, I was thinking, I normally give Michael such easy questions. It's more entertaining when I get them right, isn't it, I listeners? I only give yeah. you questions that I think you're going to know the answers Everyone loves it when I get the answers, right? <laughs> but today I didn't think you would. You stretched my little grey cells today, Gemma. Thank you very much. Why? What have I done? No, I'm just feeling vindictive in general against we the universe. We haven't said what episodes of Coronation Street we were um, talking we about this week. start this whole thing again. 14th, yeah. <laughs> 14th to question. the 18th of November. That's episodes 10,795 to 10,800. You just That's got too right. excited about Millie Gibson. I'm very excited about Millie Gibson. I'm literally. I'm, exci- I'm more excited for. I'm excited for Doctor Who fans because I think that they are going to love her. I'm kind of a bit sad that we probably won't see Kelly back on Coronation Street now. I don't know whether <laughs> she wants to go back to Weatherfield. I'm just saying, possibly not. I think there's more money in uh, being an ex Doctor Who star than there is being an ex Coronation yeah. Street star. Do you think she's going to like do all the conventions yeah. and everything? We'll go and see her. So uh, she remembers us. How much is it? <laughs> I've li- I'm, I'm literally, I'm sitting about 30 centimetres from a photograph of me standing next to Millie Gibson behind my well, head don't mean nothing on the curry wall. Mate. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. I don't think anybody's going to buy it. <laughs> um, 19th, oh, birthdays. 19th yeah. of November, William Russell played Ted Sullivan and Catherine Kelly played Becky MacDonald. 23rd of November, Sue Nichols played Audrey Roberts. Oh, that's a good one. 24th of November, Stephen Hancock played Ernest B- Bishop and Warren Jackson, who's Nick Tilsey the first. Then we got 25th of November, Brian Hibbard, who played Doug Murray. Uh, uh, what was his real name? Dave Matthews. Yes. Ha- Harish Patel, who was Umed. Uncle Umed. Umed. Happy and birthday. Alex Bain, who's Simon Barlow. Oh, my mate yeah. Alex from the summer. He's great, Alex wow. Bain. he's the same Had friend nice to you him. as Millie Gibson is. Yeah, it- I would say I'm even more friends with <laughs> Millie Gibson. Just Me saying. too. I've got a phone number Really on my good phone. friends. Yeah, so very good friends if anybody, If anybody wants, I don't know, how can we monetize this? <laughs> <laughs> I would never dream of doing anything like that. But I'm, I'm still going to be a celebrity friend like Yuri Geller. This is our best chance now. 
Not that any yeah. of our other Coronation Street friends are, are less um Oh no, we can't play favourites, can we? We can't play favourites. I wouldn't dream of it. That all I love them all equally. Anyway, shall we talk about this week's Coronation Street? I don't I wasn't watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was watching Doctor Who announcements. We'll see. We'll see how we, we get on with it. We had to rewatch that scene five times. The scene. It was where Spider comes into the pub, isn't yeah. it, to speak to Griff and um and Reese and, and that friends. lot, and, and 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 big guy gets pushed down by Peter. And, and then there was a scene after with Bernie and Dev in the in the. In yeah. the I was like, I, no, we watched it about five there? times because yeah. Don't know what we happened. Were, Somewhat Go back. distracted. Too, it's too disruptive to but our lives. I think it was quite a good this week, this week. I quite enjoyed Coronation mm-hmm. Street, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. So let's blip and well do it. In Street Talk. Okay, so this week's Coronation Street. Finally we got to it. That was a very long introduction, but it was a, it's been a pretty special week. Um, and we have got five stories to talk about this week. We have got Gemma, the Max Streamism storyline. Oh, which... no. That's a brilliant oh. story. No, it's good. That that um, I no, felt like b- bad. the the bad. Yes, yes. We have to uh, give this this podcast may dis- contain discussion because of things that cause offence. I was offended about the crayfish and the mussels. <laughs> I sad, felt sad it. about those red squirrels being maligned. Well, to be honest, I say I welcome grey squirrels because they um bring diversity I've, to our squirrel community. I've seen a red squirrel now, just yeah, a couple of months ago, so now I don't feel so bad about the red squirrels, <laughs> about the grey squirrels in this country. We're talking, yeah, this Max Streamism storyline felt like it took a good, like, two thirds of the storyline time this week, didn't it? Do you there, know what there's I, an awful lot of it, know, I'm not right? complaining because I'm loving it. If Griff wants to get everyone on his side talking about invaders coming to our country and taking over the place, he wants to start with bloody nettles. Yeah. Nettles were brought over here by the Romans. Romans. We never had nettles Your before they brought them over. Like. And now every time I go down the allotment, I get stung by nettles. And I say, <laughs> what have the Romans ever done for me? <laughs> You'd be like, going, yeah, Griff, go I'd on. I'd be like, tell them about the nettles. They're going to lose their minds. <laughs> no, but there's not a single person in this country who has not been stung by a nettle. And we can all agree that that's a painful experience. Yeah. And Roy would be like, he can't argue tell you what, that. Gemma, you're right. I say exactly. I don't you, know where I'm going with this. I'm not sure where this is going, but <laughs> I agree with Griff. <laughs> um, next up, we have got the. I'm going to put the double crossed storyline next because that was just ridiculously silly, and, it, and it's over now. And some people are glad it's over. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a bit sad, but I want to talk about that one next because um, I enjoyed what we had of that. Um, next up, we have got um, Debbie's debts. I can't remember what we called it before. I meant to actually try and find what we used to call it. Debbie indebted? Did we call it? She's still having money problems, everybody, and um, she seems to want to sell the bistro, which I'm kind of a bit sad about. Next up, we've got the Eliza storyline. I realised halfway through um, writing my notes for tonight's episode, I didn't have a title for the Eliza storyline. So the best I'm coming up with, Gemma. Yeah, go on, hit me, hit me. Right, have you, have you read this? Have you seen what I've got? No, I'm not. You looking. know Eliza Doolittle, yeah. I'm looking at. Uh, my phone. Go on. You know Eliza Doolittle, yeah? I've heard of that. This, this, this storyline is called Eliza Stewacquittal. No, terrible. That's, uh, you'd like to see you go come back, out with a Go back to start, start again. Get in my TARDIS, get back to the beginning and rewrite that storyline title. We have also got a surprisingly little amount of the Book of John this week, um, which kind of 
fizzled out on uh, on Monday's episode for the time being. And I tell you what, we haven't got this week, Gemma. I tell you who did not even show her miserable little face this week. Who? Summer Spellman. I know. I want to apologise to Alia earlier because when I said that she was the most boring character on Coronation Street, of course I meant to say. Summer. Oh, summer, but at least Summer's got a storyline at the moment. Well, Ali's got a storyline. Yeah. She's got a new job offer. I couldn't believe that she she stole um, Toya's job there. I reckon Toya would have been. You reckon? What, she... what Toya, what's Toya doing with her life? I don't know, but she did say to Spider that she wasn't. She does need to get a new job now. So at least she's exactly. recognising the fact that she has been kind of unemployed for quite a while at this point. But now she's just going to be wallowing in on a sofa for a bit, isn't she? So I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah, no, Ali and indeed we'll talk about that one later. So. The Max Streamism storyline. We start off, if you remember last week, we had um, that naughty little spider splashing red paint all over Speed Doll's um, doors. And Monday's episode opens with Stu, Yasmin, and Alia discovering the, the vandalism there. Who on earth could have done this? What does this world come to? Says Yasmin. Disgusting. We it's know horrible, it's Spider, it? and he only did it because his friend made him do it. How would you feel if that happened to you? You'd be devastated. All those years they've lived in the street and then all of a sudden to think maybe somebody's been living here this whole time who hates us. I know. It sucks. It's rubbish. It's very, it was. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely very much enjoying this storyline. and um, the, Some bits haven't hit as hard as they, I think, at the Coronation Street wanted them to but I'm, I'm still like this is this is the best thing that's that's happened in Corrie it's a very compelling a story yeah so I'm glad it's taken up all this time mm. so then we see Max seeing Darian in the street later and Max is like cock of the walk isn't he for parts of this week he's like he's getting right into the groove of being the uh, the bully after the old um the godfather impression last week when he was like hey you apologise to my girlfriend and he and yeah so he's acting the godfather the... yeah I imagine that's what happened in The Godfather. We watched that film. We watched it once a very long time ago. I don't rate it. It was boring. I'm not going to lie. thought it was sorry, very dull. Sorry, people that think Godfather's the best film ever. I'm do people sad think, that you haven't seen do good people films. Think, do, do, <laughs> I had this, I've had this discussion do with people other people. Do people think Godfather Part 2 is better? I think, I think I thought that was even worse. I think... Uh, no, I can't get behind it. There's hardly any female characters in it and they don't do anything, so... If you that like doesn't... The Godfather, you're sexist. I, How about that? I just don't like that How kind of that? film. Anyway, <laughs> Max is The Godfather, everybody. Um, um, anyway. This is why we don't do a film podcast. But... <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. You can like whatever films you like, um, but it's still boring. Darian is not in the slightest bit intimidated, or at least he's not acting intimidated by Max acting all big man to him. And he's like, have you have you heard yourself? What what you like, Max? Come on now. Yep. Meanwhile, um, we have Toya and Spider who hear about this paint in the cafe. What? <laughs> Spider's like, maybe whoever done it was just trying to like cheer up the place. Do you to give know. it a new fresh look of paint? I know that it got redecorated earlier this year. Have but you noticed that? Who, who likes pink and teal, honestly? Actually, it was organic paint, so I think it's fine. <laughs> it will wash right off, it's fine, I'm sure. Well, it also, did wash right off. also, I have heard. I read the late one. Um... Toya, Toya kind of gives Spider a look to suggest that she thinks that the way he reacts to it is a bit weird because mm. it's kind of suggested you know as, as you obviously would that this was a racist attack and Spider's like oh I, I don't don't jump to conclusions guys it might not be it might just be people who, who prefer a pizza or something and, and she's like that's weird Spider to say that or whatever it was you said I'm going to be a bit suspicious of you this week. I'm going to squint at you a few times. Over in Speed Dial, they're still trying to figure out who it could have been. What about Max, perhaps? 
hmm, he's been acting a bit dodgy recently. And Yasmin's getting worried that if the police get wind of us, it's going to harm their chances of getting Eliza to go and stay with them. And Alia says, don't, what, what good ever came of involving the police? No, don't do we're, it. If the, we're a bunch of we're vigilantes here yeah. in Weatherfield. Why wouldn't you be if you got Craig as your number one officer to call out, let's be fair? She's like, I'm going to deal. Gonna... I'm going to take matters into my own I know own what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around and I'm going to accuse everybody who lives around here individually. <laughs> oh my gosh, you did. Until I get to the bottom of this. I'll leave us so And I'll know whether Monday. they did it by the look on their face. <laughs> At, at times, I was like, yeah, go Alia. But a lot of Monday, I was thinking, oh, just uh, shut up. Stop, just stop no, it. I, I, she's stop actually really grown on me this this. Um, she has. She has. I, I really hope that this new um, change in careers for her is going to be the making oh, of no, Alia. I think she's going to wind me yeah, up. Yeah, she, she, she did wind me up a little bit on Monday, to be fair. Anyway, she's she's off to go and, and sort this problem out herself. Um, we also see, because there's so many characters involved in this, then we cut to Griff and Lauren that are driving past Max on the street and say, look, do you want me do you to give you a lift to school in the van? So he hops in there, and this is when Alia strides up to them and accuses them of vandalism. And Griff says, look, leave us alone. Stop accusing people like that in the street. You and your little migrant mate, leave us alone. You speak English, don't you? He was oh, like... God. He was oh, Makes my makes my blood boil, Griff. It really does. He's uh, I can't remember what the actor's name is. I know it's Michael something. Of course, I would remember that. Kane. But uh, it... very famous. <laughs> that, that's where I remember seeing. Yeah, him from. yeah, yeah. I've only gone and blown the bloody doors off. <laughs> You've only gone and painted the doors bloody red. You're supposed to paint the whole inside of it. Sorry, sorry, Michael Kane. Calm down. <laughs> it was locked. Okay. I heard that Yasmin and um, Stu were snogging inside. I didn't want to go in and disturb them. Anyway, so um, Toya goes over to Speed Dial to, to, to go and up to, to help out and everything. Alia comes back. Um, and she's not impressed to see Toya there. And that was another thing that kind of got my goat about Alia this week. She still hasn't quite forgiven Toya oh, for yeah. driving into a wall oh, and killing really Imran, rude. her friend. She was really rude. Get over it, Alia. Toya like, clearly has. Uh, it's my husband. I can kill him if I want to. Mind your own business. Um, she, she, although she does give the very sick burn of, you learned which pedals which on a car yet. <laughs> which I thought was... um. Yeah, Toya Toya yeah, earned that one. She no deserved more that. To that story than what we saw. No. So Alia says, anyway, now I think it was Griff, who was the one, what did the paint job here? And Toya's like, yes, it was definitely him. Peter's told me that Griffin and his gang are as racist as they come. And this is exactly the sort of thing. They had a song with very sinister lyrics. Racists do. Sinister lyrics, exactly. And I've heard all about these. They've been driving around in a white van. Mm, Coincidence? Mm. Exactly. Next on Alia's hit list I don't know is if it was David. Right. I assume it was. I think it is. <laughs> David in the Rovers. Um, she goes and has a moan to him about not dealing with Max. Now, I moaned about David on the podcast last week about him not dealing with Max. So it was nice yeah. to see him step up to the plate a little bit more this week. So yeah, I was kind of on Alia's side here. Um, now, luckily, for storyline purposes, Griff and his gang are there in the booth, aren't they? Having a Having a milk stout or whatever they is their tipple and they they get out and they kind of act all intimidating to her um she stands up to it she so. does she does a fairly decent job of standing up to them and all these racist she doesn't comments seem scared of them. i was really proud of yeah them. no she, they're just kind of laughing in her face but yeah. yeah she she stands her ground good for her i i don't think that they came across as being as intimidating as 
I would have liked for them to have portrayed them. But anyway, yeah, it was definitely good on Alia for standing up to them then. And um, and David kind of at that point, and that once that Alia has kind of softened them up a bit, David says, oh yeah, and stay away from Max too. <laughs> well done, David. <laughs> was that where Dad Toya the was there as well? I don't think so. She might have been. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah she was there with Alia She's saying, going, come on, leave it. Just leave, leave, it. leave it, mate. Leave it out. Leave, leave it, it out. Leave it out. Spider, Get out of our pub. Spider meets up with Griff in his favourite haunt, Villains Alley, later on, and it's not the last time we saw them there this week. And Griff says, look, everyone in Speed Dial is intent on causing problems here. An intelligent person would have taken the hint when we when we chuck paint over the doors. But they're not inte- that intelligent, are they? Not their fault, English being their second language and all. What Ugh. language is paint throwing? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, I don't know. Um, he reckons that they need a bigger hint and ask Spider if he's in. And Spider this week is like, he just has to go along with everything that Griff suggests. He's in it, he's in it deep, isn't he, Spider this week? I... It's like he's trying to crawl out of the bath and I he got, just can't. Oh, Spider in the bath, Spider <laughs> in the bath. Um, I, I got kind of annoyed at him in a later scene, but I guess we'll get to it. Okay. And, but I think they had to put it in there for for some viewers. No, no, but I think some viewers need, like, to be reminded that he's actually not racist. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I kind of was on board with it, the fact that he wasn't. I didn't need a scene of mm. him going, oh, do you know what? I actually really don't like racism anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yasmin... It was um, all right when it was just songs. Yasmin finds out what Alia did at the pub, and she's like, I can't believe that you were standing up to these guys, you, you nutcase. You, you, you do need to be careful with yourself. Thank well, goodness, could have beaten her up. Yeah, could have done, right in front of Glenda. Thank goodness Toya was there to drag you away. And Alia is still pretty annoyed at, about Toya being back in the scene and saying, oh yeah, well, she and Spider, they're, yeah, they're all, they're all bosom buddies with Griff and his gang. And Toya was saying, no, Griff is no friend of ours, actually. Thank you very much. Um, mm. <laughs> this is where we have the weird stew scene, actually. And it's it's not actually in this story, is it? But I might forget about it otherwise. This is where he comes down the stairs and he does his drum roll. He gets, oh, yes. that was so... <laughs> annoying so we did Joe, Joe did do a good off. tweet about this he comes down the stairs and he's like no he right. comes in he comes in yeah, from, yeah he comes downstairs in the in speed dial and he's oh, like oh yeah sorry yeah alright Yasmin do a drum roll please and Yasmin's like and Alia says how was the flat and he's like oh fine oh yeah it was great anyway got a dash and he's like so well, what, is what's that the, the drum roll, Stu, to tell what, us about your flat? Or? What were you know. doing a drum roll for? That was weird. And also, I... Alia, shut up. If somebody does a drum roll and is about to make an announcement, don't interrupt them to ask them stupid questions about real estate. Yeah, she she, she knocked him off the floor, didn't she? She totally did. Mm. Carol, can you imagine her at your birthday party? She blows out the candles for you. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't like it messy in here. I don't like messy candles. Yeah, you're right. With what you said earlier about Monday feeling a bit off, I definitely did as well. And I saw some people that absolutely love Monday's episode yeah. of Corrie. I thought that Wednesdays and Fridays were pretty fab. Yeah. But Monday's just left me with a funny taste in my mouth, actually. And it was the little moments like this and the confrontations not feeling as confrontational as they needed Felt to be. Felt a bit disjointed. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what it was, but it, it didn't ruin the week for me, really. Um, anyway... Um, so he's, he's like, yeah, the, the, the flat's all peachy. Um, David and Shona are starting to wonder where Max is. They're getting more and more suspicious about who he is hanging around with at the moment. And what do you know? They're over at Griff's flat. 
Max is getting his flyers out. Abusing the word flyer. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. He's got, he calls everything a flyer. There were definitely posters among those flyers, weren't there? So this talk that Griff's doing at the um, the community centre, we were wondering on uh, on last Friday's episode um, what the talk was going to be about. And yes, it is. It is an environmental talk with little hints of racism in there when we get to it. But Max doesn't know. Max racism. doesn't know that second part of it, and he's got his nice posters with the Earth on and everything, and um, he's posted it all over social media. And Griff's like, "Thank goodness we've got you, Max, because I don't, I wouldn't know what to do." Or more likely, oh, you didn't bloody put it on Twitter, Max, because that was a waste of a thirty seconds. That's going to be closed down in a couple of days' time if you believe Max the rumors. Max is like, "Good news, I've got us a blue tick." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at Griff the racist. <laughs> Official great tick. <laughs> Um, official Griff racist. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Griff's well chuffed with him and he starts banging on about this speed dial lot again in his ears and he's like, oh, they make my blood boil and Spider is there in the background looking very uncomfortable. This was the other thing about Monday's episode. I think there was a little bit too much of Spider just hanging around in the background looking a bit awkward and like, oh, should I say something? No, I can't really because this is my I job. Think, I think Coronation Street is really stuck with Spider trying to make him too much of a nice guy for the situation he's found himself in. Go on, how do you Well, mean? because this bit now, he just goes up to Max later when nobody's around. He's like, oh, you shouldn't be hanging around here. You should go do cool things. Don't hang around with, with Griff. You should find find your own tribe. So what would you have preferred it? him to do? Just look, don't say anything. Don't say anything to anybody. You're there. You're not there to make friends and or to rescue people. Or to stop people from falling into being a racist. You're there to collect evidence. Yeah, he's the fly on the wall, which is probably um, quite a conflict he needs, for someone he with the name of Spider. <laughs> it feels like he doesn't believe in his in his mission. No. He's... Like his, he really... It, I, and I know why they've done it. I just think it's a real big mistake. I don't think it's a big mistake. I it's do, just... because I, I don't find him convincing at all now. I, I, I don't understand what he thinks he's doing. Oh, poor spider. No, I, I, I just like think him, he needs but... to have the courage of his convictions. He's there to... I know this this whole week, though, was, was us being told by Coronation Street, don't forget Spider's a good guy. Don't 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 think um, he's evil. He's still all the spy, the spy that you always knew he's and loved. He's really guilty and about then this, next, you promise. Ne- yeah, and then next week he's going to get up to good, goodness knows what, Yeah, I guess. But I just found this unnecessary. Okay, yeah, so you're right. He, does, he, he tries to convince Max to, to leave, doesn't he? And um, Max ends up telling Griff about this, which obviously gets Griff fairly annoyed and tells Reese, look, you need to keep an eye on Spider. I think that he might uh, mm. might be turning um, so Max brings the flyers to the cafe, as says Roy, can you put a poster up? Roy's like, oh, this looks like a very interesting talk. Maybe I'll go in some scenes there. And, um, <laughs> and he gives them to Fizz and Tyrone as well too. I don't remember why. They were like, I don't care about the environment. No. Um, then we have the final scene of the episode, which was Darian getting confronted by uh, Griffin, the gang, including Spider. And they're there with their, their black suits. They've got their balaclavas on, haven't they? With their little slits. Spider's slit was a little bit wide. Can't um, believe that they made that speed dial door only open one way. <laughs> so they... He comes out and he can't go back in again. He's, he's... Oh no, this this was when Yasmin and Stu were having a bit of a snog downstairs, weren't they? This is... Were they? Is yeah, that why you didn't want to go Monday's back in? Monday's episode, You'd rather yeah. get beaten to death and watch two old people kiss yeah well they back him into victoria gardens and unfortunately there wasn't anybody having a little private conversation in there for Excuse a change me. usually if you go into victoria gardens you're gonna find somebody like aggie or i'm Tim trying or to have an affair having a moment do you mind 
but it was empty. Mm. And um, so they, they're just they're vile to him. They make fun of him. They say, you know, go back to your own country, etc. They punch him yeah. and he ends up staggering out. And the final shot is a, is a quite good one of him running towards the camera yeah. down Victoria Street with them kind of laughing behind him. And he's obviously just a poor little lad. Yeah. And, and then we get to find out how just... How many men were there like... Yeah, there was what, six, six of them or seven. so? Yeah. Full grown men in balaclavas trying to rough him up. Pathetic. Yeah. Although I, I would also say that that scene is one of the ones that I didn't think had as much impact on me as I think it could have done. Now, we've seen Coronation Street do intimidating gangs very well very recently. If we think back to the attack on Seb a year and a half or so ago. That was done brilliantly. That was, you know, heart in your mouth sort of stuff. Um, and this, I guess, I, it didn't hit me in the same way, and I don't know what it was particularly. Well, I guess it's like number one, it be it's quite, can be quite triggering, mm. and it's not necessary to to be so full on with it. And number two, the the purpose of this of the scene wasn't necessarily to freak you out and make you scared that Darian was going to no, get beat. No, but I think it should have been, and I don't think it matters it, about the triggering. Plot line, well, because I mean that. No, because Coronation Street puts the warnings out. There's lots of stuff in Corrie that's triggering. I think that they could have done a better job. The plot line was more important than the... the, Like, all we had to do is establish that there was a bunch of men trying to beat Darren up and one of them was Spider. That was the Mm. purpose of the scene. Yeah. The purpose of the scene wasn't... Oh, horrible! You know, what I mean, I'm sure that that's going to come. Monday night viewers. That's going to come. I think it is. I think it's definitely going to come. And I'm I also not, think they want to upstage themselves. Mm. I also so have to say, to you know, I'm not saying. God, why, why was Darian scared? They weren't scary. If I was in his position, yeah. I'd be cacking my pants. He's very um, brave, really, he, considering. Yeah, he he really, really was. I it would so have been absolutely terrifying. Just takes but it. But from a dramatic like, point of view, from as a viewer's point of view, yeah. don't think it worked quite so well. He's like, well, this is life for me. Yeah, horrible. basically, horrible. basically is. And then we get to oh, I, I, I Wednesday's episode. If you if you're not a Darian sympathizer, if you're not a Darian fan after watching a Wednesday's you episode, your heart is made of stone. I don't think your heart is made of stone. I think you might just be a racist if you don't have sympathy for him. So he goes round to see Maria on Wednesday's episode, and because he's got his um statement for the Home Office, which is him trying to convince them to let him stay in the oh. country for good, and they immediately clock his bruised face from where he was punched the night before and he just he says oh he's mugged he doesn't really want to go into it um meanwhile you got griff and spider griff is telling spider you didn't do much beating up or racist stuff with us guys last night what's wrong with you are you one of us or not so spider obviously although it's his job to infiltrate this group I don't know what the rules are when you're an undercover well, cop. I was about to look it up and then I thought, is there any, any point in looking up what the real rules are? Because Weatherfield does not exist in our universe. You're probably not allowed to do actual crimes. I think you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you are. I think you can do what you like. Oh, wow. I think you can, I think you can do all sorts. I think you can be like, I don't like the king. you got, you so got, things like that. is it you like you've like, got diplomatic immunity as an undercover cop? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And when uh, that when the national anthem comes on, you can go, <laughs> which, as we all know, is illegal. I think I think Spider strikes me as the sort that would do that anyway. To be fair, Any, although <laughs> uh, the Queen is me. now his. Oh, sorry, the King is now his boss, isn't he? The King's he? his boss, and he's also an environmentalist. Yes, that's true. Actually, he's probably uh, he's, he loves it. He should he's love be it. Waving his flag at the, uh, at his, the coronation. His car runs year. on cheese and wine. He's the most environmentally <laughs> friendly. 
and monarch we've had since we invented electricity. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So um, yeah, Griff is saying to Spider, you need to you need to step up. Either you're with us or you're against us because, yeah, and you know what, what you said to Max yesterday, uh-uh, you need to show whose side you're on, mister. So um, Spider's like, well, you know, I just didn't want to be needless, needlessly arrested again. I, I didn't think I needed to step in there. Um, Max kind of breaks things up then because he comes round and he's, he's clearly not been put off with by all this. He wants to go fly her in and, um, and, and Griff just kind of, ends the scene being very suspicious of Spider. This is when we hear Darian's heartbreaking story, which he's yeah. reading out to Maria and Gary. And all three of them in this scene were fab. I mean, I, ca I can't remember yeah. the name of the actor who plays Darian, but he, you know, for somebody who came into the show uh, a couple of months ago, was it? And he was, you know, just the refugee that was sitting with Maria. And I think, oh, so what's he doing there for a scene or so? But he's, he he's was great. a fab cast. And he was really, really great performance on this. And he's and, and great words by um, Ian Kershaw yeah, as well. It was really his script great. on Wednesday. Very, very good. And um, It was such a simply written yeah. account of his experience in travelling from his home country. Which they still Europe, didn't say what it was, did they? Through Europe um, to get to France, to get on the ferry across. Yeah, get separated from his brother. Um, and, he, and, and he talks about, you know, every day I'm worried about being dis about deported. I don't know where my family is. I just want to work hard and stay safe in the UK. And he's like really struggling to hold it together as he as he says this, this devastating story to Gary and Maria. Uh, and 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 who both of them? They're just kind of, yeah, very very sobered by the whole thing, and um, yeah, they kind of realise you just can't. You know, what can you say to what, someone what can like that? You, say? Someone you can who's... have whatever. Honestly, you can have whatever whatever political opinions you want about people who choose to seek asylum in this country uh, after going through other countries to come here. Mm. And you can have whatever opinions you want, but I can't see how you can look at somebody in their face and listen to them tell you what they've gone through and not feel sympathetic. It does make you um, reflect on your understand. own life and think... We're so lucky. Not I've, been so I've, bad. No, I never... I never take it for granted. I do... I, mm. Every time hot water comes out the tap, every time the light comes on, every time I've got somewhere safe to sleep at, at night, I, I just appreciate it so much. Mm. We're so lucky. We're so lucky. Yeah. But um, I, 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 really, I hope... I really, really hope that we get a reunion with Darian and his brother at the end I of know. this story. That's just gonna e even me, even stone-hearted Michael. I this nearly made me cry actually when he, he was, was reading this. He out. was so good. Um, I he he said specifically the reason that he came to England was because his uncle was here, and I can't. I'm not sure what. Happened. Oh, did you? I missed that. But... Well, he had to. The thing is, everyone will say, "Oh, you went through safe countries to get here. You should have stopped." at the first safe country and, and sought asylum there. But he, he has a, a reason. Many people have a reason. And his reason was that he... It's not up to us to judge anyway. He wants to come and watch Coronation Street. He's like, I can't get Coronation Street in France. <laughs> so anyway, he he wants to reunite with his uncle, but I don't know where his uncle is now. Yeah, I did miss bits on the notes here because th this was one of those scenes that it's like, I need it. to watch this. So, it was so much of Coronation Street, my eyes aren't on the screen because I'm busy tapping away on my Mac trying to get my notes down. But this was one of these scenes where I just stopped and watched it and then was like, okay, what do I remember from that? And then move on. But it was it was very, very good. Gary it, and Maria are both just, yeah, just can't believe it, what they're listening but to. What, what, what I'm finding very interesting, and I don't know whether anyone else has noticed this, is that Coronation Street social media isn't like, 
playing clips of this. The YouTube channel of Coronation Street doesn't have any, I think, scenes from this storyline. The, um, the picture previews that go out um, every week don't have previews from this story. It's almost like it doesn't exist, but which kind of contradicts with the fact that it's actually their biggest story going on at the moment. It's very interesting. I wonder if it's because they are very aware of the sort of comments that would congregate. I do, maybe, but then I think, well, you know, I, I, I don't... No, I can't remember whether Coronation Street even allows comments on its YouTube videos. Well, I don't think they do. It's, it's just very, very... Up. I mean, the, the number of ep of clips that Corrie has been putting on YouTube after each episode is, is really low at the moment. It's like they put two clips up for every episode, and it used to be four, five, six. Is, I don't know whether I'm making that up. I'm sure it used to be more. But, yeah, I'm finding it very peculiar how little there is on the official channels. Um, so if you want to go back and watch this scene again... Um, well, you can't do it. You can't do it through the official channel. You just have to get the ITVX now that that's launched day, and and but you don't have to sit through the adverts if you pay for the uh, the premium subscription. Anyway, I, yeah, I think there's been there've been so many vile comments already on social media about mm, mm. about the storyline. I don't think they need to sort of go. Here you go. Here's your area to discuss what you think about. About Gemma. What I'm saying. Mm. Anyway, Toya goes into the cafe. She hears about the the attack of the previous night, and she immediately says, "Well, it's it's clearly Griff and everybody, and Spider's there, looking very awkward, of course, because he was there as well." Um, Nazir's tried to convince Darian to go along to the police, but he's not too sure about it. Um, we then cut to Max, who's putting up his posters slash flyers outside of Speed Dial when Alia comes stomping out and has a massive go at him, saying. You heard what happened here last night. Darian got beat up. It was your mates. And Max says, no, no, no. It wouldn't have been Griff. He wouldn't have done that. You got any proof? And Alia's like, just wake up. He's, it's, it was clearly him. <laughs> They're the only racists in Weatherfield that we know. So it was clearly him that did this. And he, Max, you are hanging around with a bunch of violent thugs. Smell the coffee, mister. <sighs> right. Next up, we have got the talk. Param Community Centre. Yes, we have got the community centre back in the show it's for the first time. Now. First time since Frieda Gate. And this scene was just as good. Yeah, I loved it. So Roy's there, um, Brian was there. Was Paul there, I think? I've written that in the Paul note. Paul was there. Why did Paul go? Um I don't really know. Because anyway. I know where he went, because last week I accused him of being um, possibly susceptible to racist rhetoric. And he went this week to prove that he was immune to it. Okay. okay. That was it. He had to defend himself from my vile accusations. It's uh, it's not to, uh, like, save the unicorns or anything like that, which we know that Paul's toast. a big fan of. I think that we used to have unicorns native to this country, yeah, but the then... invading horses... Uh, yeah. Kick them out. Disgusting. Yeah. Anyway. Take so um, their resources. They're there. Maria's there. Max is there uh, filming it with his with his camera. And uh, and then Griff's giving this speech. And it starts off... I, I, I thought this was, this was quite clever with how this was done. Because it's all about these invasive species, isn't it? He says, oh yeah, our crops are being destroyed. Animals' homes. Um... And then, and there are definitely some kind of racist un, um, overtone. Is it under overtones or undertones? What is it? What's the question? When it's subtle. Undertones. Undertones. I've written overtones. In other yeah, there's definitely some racist undertones there because he's kind of talking about these invading non-indigenous species like the signal crayfish versus our native white-clawed crayfish. 
Now, Gemma. Yeah. I like the signal crayfish, yeah. but I also like the native white clawed crayfish. Well, but which one do? is better? What do you do about it? There's only one way to find <laughs> out. You know, no. you know, Lots listeners. Lots of people don't know what you mean. Well, go and Google Harry Hill. He's very funny. So uh, we we get we hear about the quagga mussel, which are threatening our water supplies. Apparently, is that apparently. why we had a drought? Yeah, it was those dumb is that why quagga mussels. Water my dahlias. Mm, wow. Yeah. I you believe out. Griff and, and Roy's there and he's going you see he like right. opens unclips his bag takes out a newspaper uh, not a newspaper a notepad and we're like oh Roy's on the case he's going to take him down he is, he is not convinced by Griff's tale and and then Griff kind of the, the undertones definitely become overtones this was bizarre honestly he, he, he switches CD, gears yeah. at this point and <laughs> he starts to talk about um, the NHS and he's saying oh yeah he, he talks about how it's being swamped by all these health tourists and he says you, you can't just pick up a phone and book an appointment anymore you know and Dr Gaddis <laughs> is like well I was with you up until that point now you can get get bent I, I, I think you'll this. find that the Weatherfield Health Clinic whatever we call ourselves we, actually, we are for immediate appointments actually Actually. We've got the best rated health service in the entire country. It's not our fault people keep dying. <laughs> I, I missed that comment about picking up the phone the first time we watched it, or, or I heard it and then I didn't write it down. I can't remember. This was another one of those scenes that I just like. I wanted to watch. I was so into it, and uh, but, I, but somebody on Facebook pointed it out later and, <laughs> and said that it was quite ironic that yes, in Weatherfield it is incredibly easy to get a, a, an NHS health appointment the very same day. But anyway, um, everyone else there is nodding, so maybe they uh, maybe they're from out of town, um, and and uh, they he's like yeah, they're ticking our gerbs. I think Dr. Gallus is actually running some kind of sinister Nazi health experiment on the residents of Weatherfield, and they don't realise, and that's why she's happy um, to see them. Slander, Gemma. That's why she's so happy and she's got time to see everybody. <laughs> um, the audience in the community centre are kind of looking a little bit... Um... They start going, hang on. Yeah, well, I, I thought we came to an environmental talk. And then, but then you've got Griff's mates there yeah. as well, haven't you? They kind of stand in there around the outside with arms yeah, folded brilliant. and everything. They're going, yeah, yeah, go on, Griff. Yeah, you, you tell you, him. You tell him. And, um, he, and, and then... This is when uh, Maria pipes up and starts heckling him, <laughs> and she's like, "What are you talking about? This is this is supposed to be about the environment." Or oh, I, can't, I can't remember what she said, but she was very very good in that scene. Actually, uh, he fights back at her and says, "Oh yeah, M- uh, Councillor Connor, you're talking about." Um, uh, I can't remember what he, well, he's he, like. He, oh, you're so happy to sit there and take our money, but you're not doing anything about oh, it. Oh yeah, because she's. Yourself. Extra yeah. money. She says, actually, I don't get paid for this. And then he says, oh, you just got a 20% increase in your council allowance. Yeah. You just sit around inviting migrants into our country and, and into our community. That's right. And she's like, and migrants, flooding, you mean people? Flooding our, flooding our community with people mm. who are going to take our hospital yeah. appointments. And she, she says, you're a racist and um, I am just standing up. No, and no, he, he says, does. I'm just standing up for the people of our country. And this is when everyone's like, yeah, yeah, Griff. And Maria says, is that Griff? And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, we had to rewind that about five times to hear what know. she said. Um, but yeah, anyway, so um, Ma- Maria did a fab job there. And also Griff did a very good job of arguing oh. back to her. It kind of changed then when he's up against Roy, which is the next scene. Because um, once the applause dies down, <laughs> Roy <laughs> stands up in right, his chair. I've he's had like, my, uh, I've had a few... Checked on my phone. Technically, I've had to look, look on Wikipedia. No, I don't need no phone. He's got it all in his head. He's like, technically, you're not right. You're what you're saying is factually incorrect. Oh, like, God. oh, 
It's on. It's on. I tell you what, if Roy told me I was technically not not right, I think I would just disappear in a puff of smoke. <laughs> I'd collapse into a sinkhole. Um, Roy says, well, actually, the grey squirrel and, and that could be seen as invaders, but this invading crayfish could never be a threat to our water supply. And and um, I'd say envir- any, any creature that's delicious, let them in. Yeah, just eat them. If that's the-, the argument falls down, though, here, because... I say, let in all the animals that are delicious, but you can't eat immigrants, can you? You cannot eat immigrants. It's not no. allowed. Mm. So You can't use the same uh, no, technique against can't. them. you can't. You can't argue about that. I don't know that. whether you can eat these particular crayfish, but... Um, I tried to I look it like up. Fish, Apparently right? the quagga mussel, mm. not very delicious. Oh, well, no one's so causing the problem. So I say, get rid of them. Mm. Um, he says, look, anyway, the environmental agency are well prepared for these creatures because we've had invading species before. I think he said the zebra mussel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, zebra mussel. And, th- and then he turns on Griff's stance on Asians and saying, I, what you, you're paint, t- painting all these Asians with the same brush. It's absolutely ridiculous. Literally, all you need to do is stand up and go, I've got, a, I've got a point that you might not have thought about. Asian people aren't crayfish. Yeah, basically. Okay. Mm. And then um, everyone could have done that and then we could have all gone home. <laughs> and he says, and also, you know, he points out that a good prefor- a proportion of the NHS is made up of Asian doctors and nurses. Griff's response here was not... Well, he was like, oh, yeah, well, crayfish get into taps and that. And he's like, no, they don't. What yeah. What do you mean? When was the last time you flushed a toilet and a crayfish came out? <laughs> oh, bite you on the bum. Ooh. Clip you on the... Don't flush the toilet while you're on, on it. What are you doing? Um, yeah, so this... I, I didn't like this so much because I know it's like you can't stand up against Roy Cropper, but well, Griff up to this point has shown he's been very good at, you know, firing back at people. He's always got the right thing to say, like he did with Maria, but he just kind of crumbled in the face of Roy. Did. Oh, Griff did. Because and, and, he doesn't have an argument. Although, oh, no, he didn't, but he came across as just kind of like, oh, yeah, sorry, oh, they could get in the taps. And, and and I don't know, maybe it was just the way the line was delivered, but he came across a lot more pathetic I think a lot than of, I think that I think Griff you, would have wanted to. Yeah, I know, but I think you'll find a lot of these people, if you start asking them specific questions about what they actually think is going on, they start to sound exactly like Griff did. Mm, I like, don't know. Don't I, actually have any arguments. I just thought it sounded cool to liken... People to to well, invading I've never been to marine anywhere like this before. Gemma's well, like, I go to them every week. No, <laughs> obviously. Anyway, the meeting's over. I just thought I, I one thing I oh. will say about this is that I found I found Griff's speech quite unconvincing, and it found it found it a bit weird how he's kind of launched suddenly into the NHS. I did as well. But I I thought about it for a long time, and I was thinking it's kind of winding me up. And then I had an epiphany today, and I was like, hmm. ah. Coronation Street doesn't want to write a convincing racist speech because some people actually listen to stupid things like that and they don't want to uh, <laughs> turn people onto weird arguments. Yeah. The, the, if Coronation Street had something that was actually quite compelling and made sense, I think they would get a lot of stick, rightfully so, for spreading racist propaganda on television. Yeah. Because yeah. Griff's argument was very muddled. I think you could tease something out of it that you could... Like, say, if you were in a debate club and you, you had to argue mm. this, you could probably do a pretty g- better job than, than Griff did. I, th- I did think it was very clever how it was kind of subtle at the beginning. But you're right, when in that second scene he just went full on, well, while I've got you here, 
Now, Those Asians, eh? I also oh. thought I thought it was a bit I, weird. Uh, why would he want to do? Is it because now we, the viewer, know that he's a racist? It's fine for everyone to know he's racist because he's just he's basically just publicly outed himself. Yeah, whereas before. You know, he he's been he's covert, been in the show since what August or so, and he's not been you know singing, you know he's not been chanting out in the street that he's racist. So what? Why now? Just because we know. I also thought because he's got Max on his side. <laughs> Go on, what were you saying? I also thought it was a bit weird that they went with the argument like likening invading species to, um, to immigrants, which I you know is very disgusting imagery. And oh, it was, but but I thought that that worked. No, it did work, but I guess I guess they had to make him sound more gross. But the stuff I was looking up the other week about what right wing fascism and environmentalism mm. actually it's more just to do with um, keeping the the land pure and mm. I don't know. I I thought that there were other arguments that have been used already, especially by you know. Keep saying Nazis because they were the most famous environmental fascists, mm. but um, they they had you know they were racist and they had they were environmentalists and there's probably lots of arguments. But again, I don't think Coronation Street particularly wants to make Griff seem convincing. No, no, you're, you're <laughs> right. So he he definitely kind of fell flat on his face and he was a bit embarrassed by it all. Once, but what once my everybody prob- left. what I'm worried about is I I don't want Griff to seem rid- like. I want Griff to seem plausible because I think that there that people might be tricked into thinking that people like Griff don't exist because his argument doesn't make sense. Mm. And actually I think it's important for us all to know what people like Griff do are saying yeah. and what they think. Because if you ever get challenged by it or you ever come across this rhetoric, you'll be able to challenge it um in a in a more educated way, if you're prepared for it, like if like if uh, you wouldn't really necessarily want know what to say. Nobody else knew what to say. Roy was the only person who stood up and and actually went through what he said and told him he was wrong. Maria recognised that he was wrong, but she couldn't actually tell him why. She just called him a racist and mm. left. Whereas Roy actually went, actually you're wrong because X Y Z. Yeah, well, if any if I ever hear anything like that, I will tell them uh, technically or factually factually incorrect and. Uh, That'll show them. That'll show them. Mm. Right, anyway, so the meeting's over. They're all outside. Um, and, and Griff is telling Max and the gang that, oh, yeah, Roy's just been listening to this whole woke media. Don't pay any attention to him. But, oh, no, Officer Craigie comes down the road. And he's like, I'm going to take you down to the street, the station, for questioning. And uh, and, and Griff's like, right, Max, you got to film this. You you watch. We're being arrested. We've not done anything wrong. Oh, what's I, wrong? I was just what's exercising wrong? my right to free speech. And Craig just... says... Actually, this has nothing to do with that meeting. What? This is in regards to an assault that took place here last night. <laughs> Gang's starting to look worried. i tell you what, poker faces, they do not have. No. Um, the Griff says, oh, well, yeah, someone must have just been mouthing off then. And Max wonders, as Alia dobbed them in. So he um, storms over to Speed Dial to blame her. And Darian then steps in and says, actually... It was me. And Max says, you bloody idiot. What, what, you, what have you done? The, this attack was nothing to do with Griff last night, but Darren is insistent. He says, well, their faces were covered, but I knew that it was him. Wouldn't um, you know? I'm sorry, but you would know. Why are we all pretending that human beings can only recognise each other by like our noses and our mouths? I've kind of lost track 
of how much contact Darian has had with that lot before. I think if somebody came into my came up to me in my face and started having a go at me and then came up to me in my face and started having a go at me with a mask on a few hours later, I'd be able to say, I think that's the same guy. Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway. Do you not think so? You can recognise somebody from well, behind it was, it was... just by watching them walk, can't you? <laughs> well, I didn't recognise that Millie Gibson when she was coming out of the No, you couldn't see what was going on at all. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'd recognise her if she had a balaclava and an ice lick, so I'd see the eyebrow, wouldn't I? Yeah. That's the giveaway there, Millie Gibson. You can't be doing can't any... Can't hide yourself. Can't be doing any no. naughty business. No. You've got to get one of those um, eyebrow mascaras. <laughs> and eyebrow then Michael balaclava. won't be able to recognise you. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Anyway, um, so um, they're, they're... obviously she still listens to the podcast. Of course she does. Of course she does. She's Everyone's got nothing got else three hours to tonight. Do, to, to so um, Darian's like, no, it was definitely him. I, I knew it. So Maria goes along to the cafe with Roy, and they all kind of reflect on what happened at the speech. Um, Toya and David are there as well. They didn't come along to the speech for some reason. Um, Maria says, look. Why don't we make the community centre a sort of place that Griff wouldn't want to go to? Fill it with grey squirrels. Reclaim it as a place for good. Make it a resource centre for immigrants. That and sounds... it sounds like a very nice idea and everything, but maybe a bit of a, you know, he came there for one meeting and now we're changing the whole purpose of I it. I don't think in reality he would keep coming back for, no. to make his speech again. I think he's already spoken to everybody around. Well, not around if, if Roy works and lives like one two doors Roy down the street we'll just come to every meeting and start heckling you about your in your in um correct facts about zebra yeah. muscles yeah i i what what is weird about the community center yeah like you said earlier is it it's privately owned we don't know who this is and now maria is making these grand plans for changing it with without the owner of well, it also like the way involved. that like one one racist meeting happens there and Maria's like we must sac- we must sanctify this ground it's been made unholy well yeah that like, is, exactly well you know sorry Maria we've got to make way for the mummy's yoga class and the <laughs> finger painting yeah oh no racist finger painting <laughs> um, anyway the, nothing else particularly happens with that well I'm assuming anyway. that we're going to have a scene oh, yeah. one scene with Maria handing out leaflets which she'll call flyers about immigrant help and Darren will be there and then maybe his brother will come in. I hope so. Going, oh, I heard that this is a great place. So um, Max invites Lauren back to number eight later and she thinks it's a t- time for another spot of Rumpy Pumpy upstairs, but he wants to talk about her dad and Griff. And she looks at her phone and she sees a load of messages about him being taken in by the police. Not quite sure why she hadn't seen those messages beforehand, but never mind. Um, she tries to, to phone up somebody about to find out what happened and she finds out that her dad's been taken into the police station but nobody seems to know why and Max says well there was this attack that happened last night on Darian and Lauren says no way would my dad do this he's he's no way he's not violent and Max isn't too sure about this but Lauren says no absolutely not and I can't have my dad sent to prison for something he hasn't done and Max is like don't worry don't worry we're gonna sort this um, and, and Max is kind of flip-flopping all all the week this week, isn't he? Like, every now and then I'm seeing that he's... Um, he kind of... Start, a, a light bulb kind of goes off in his head to go, hang on a minute, these guys are pretty nasty. And I and part of me thinks, yes, Max, well done, you've noticed. And then the, another half of me thinks, no, I don't want Max to realise yet. I want him to stay in this gang. 
you know? Because every the longer he stays in this gang, the longer the story's going to be. Hopefully the darker and um, more uh, um, harrowing, for, for lack of a better word, it's going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't, I don't want him to clock yet, but it's starting to get a little bit well, weird. Can that I he just keeps say, going, oh no, I'm sure that they're the longer not racist he, really, it's fine. The longer he questions it and puts off going, yeah, the more complicit I think he is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, honestly, he's making the choices when, when he's, he's yeah, faced he's with an awful lot of compelling he's evidence. He's been told by about five different people now. Mm. And he's like, nah. But they're his mates. He's got a nice photo with them on Halloween. <sighs> um, anyway, so later on, Spider bumps into Griff and Griff tells him about this arrest. He's, he's been he's been let out, obviously, by this point. Somebody's dobbed him in, but, but never mind. Max is giving me an alibi. So Max has now decided to tell the police that... Um, they the racists couldn't possibly have done it because they were with me last we were, night. We were eating crayfish. Yes. That prep and avocado, <laughs> crayfish and avocado salad. Was it an invasive, um, indi- a non-indigenous oh. crayfish though? Was it a, a good old British crayfish? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Have to check I have the to packet. write in and ask. Um, he says, um, he is, so yeah, Max is giving him an alibi and he says, yeah, Max knows which side is bread's buttered actually. Thank you very much. Not like you, Spider. Where were you at the meeting? Yeah. You need to start pulling your weight and supporting our cause more. And Spider's yeah. like, oh, I have to You know all the facts. It. You know all the facts so, about the crayfish. Where were you, mate? Toya and Spider. I look like you're, a right You're dip. obsessed with these I crayfish. I started going on about tap, taps and crayfish going in taps. I sounded like an idiot. You are crazy. And he's, it's a, just, it's and just he's utterly, a massive crayfish. It's just utterly ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, it's just so... It it just, yeah, well done. <laughs> racist, yeah. I'm just obsessed with the idea that somebody thinks that comparing people coming to this country from another country is is the same as a crayfish. I know. Like, you can't... <laughs> I don't remember the last time I went to the hospital and my doctor was a crayfish. <laughs> Dr. Crayfish. <laughs> Tell you what, they'd probably make quite good surgeons, wouldn't they, with those pincers? Hold still, a little snip might here. feel a bit of a pinch. <laughs> what is... <laughs> it's, like, it's like Dr. Zoidberg, isn't it? A future armour. Yeah. That's where they got the idea from. <laughs> um, okay, back on topic. Sorry, I will shut up about we're crayfish. In a, we're in a funny mood today i know that we're again again probably being a bit flippant about the storyline but we've got to get through it somehow it's depressing okay get the light with the i'm sure that everybody understands they better do they better do by this point i already made my disclaimer last week um anyway so um i've lost where we are now um toyo and spider go back to the flat and he's pretty stressed out by this whole situation toyo tells him about maria's refugee help center idea thing and he's like oh yeah i think that's a good idea but you know griffin Co- griffin is and his mates won't be happy with this it's not going to be easy and she says well yeah that's the point of course yeah. that that shouldn't stop us doing it you are going to help us aren't you spider and he's like oh yeah of course i will spider should Absolutely. be morally opposed to the idea of this because it's wasting paper all the flyering. Printing out all these flyers everywhere. Well, I'm sure that after the campaign is finished, he'll go around and collect up everyone and take them down to the recycling centre. Make a centre. paper mache of someone's head or something. Yeah, yeah. Is printing out environmental um, flyers, is it the same kind of idea as taking a private jet to a, like, environmental, international, political... <laughs> meeting yeah, they cancel each other out it's like it's fine as long as you do it for good reasons you're allowed to go on a private jet and print things off it's the just like cutting down a tree and planting another one no plant two yeah anyway 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 um so he says yeah i'm gonna help you david finds max in the lounge later and he wants to know that what what are you doing there why aren't you at school why are you filming this racist meeting earlier i've taken my eye off the ball on you like recently mister but not anymore i'm your dad 
I'm the boss. And Max is like, yeah, whatever, David. He calls him David, which I thought was great, which is exactly what the, the what David would it, yeah. use with Gail when well, he was being disrespectful. It. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it yeah, since he was Max's age. So I thought that was quite clever. David's like, well, as well. I've taken an axe to the street, but I've never been a racist. Mm. Um, he goes round Griff's flat, uh, does Max. Guys come over, thank him very much for giving them the alibi. And Reese says, well... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that migrant have got a mate of his to beat himself up to frame them. And Max is like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And then uh, he gets out his laptop where he's got um, his, uh, his, uh, this edit that he's made of the speech video. And so he's edited together bits of footage of Griff's speech and Roy's speech, basically to make Roy look like a massive weirdo, just going grey squirrel, crayfish, and then Griff... Is, uh, is looking like he's like really winning the support of the crowd and there's everyone's nodding and everything. Nodding. And um, Griff's well impressed with this. He tells Max to upload it. Max goes, click. Now it's, it's on the slide. internet. No doubt, as every single piece of social media that gets uploaded to the internet um, here in Weatherfield does, it'll be viral by the next episode. And to be fair to them, they didn't use the word viral in today's episode, did they? They said it had thousands of comments. It's been invading social media. (laughs) So, um, Spider on Friday morning episode is on the... uh, Friday evening's episode, sorry, is on the phone to his boss. And he's like, we really, really need to close in on Griff now and and nip this in the bud and and get him arrested and everything. He's He's beating up teenage boys in the street... And we're just allowing him to go free. This isn't right. And um, and the boss is like, we we got to keep it up. There, there's something bigger that's happening. You, 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 sorry, Spider, we can't back out now. So um, we also hear then that um, when, when Spider goes uh, out somewhere, Nick tells Leanne that he is clearly not very happy about Spider always hanging around the flat, especially when he's stealing his... Um, Grapefruit. Was it grapefruit? Yeah, it's got to be room temperature grapefruit. So, Ali and Yasmina watching... Do you know what I think uh, of Nick? I think he's a bit of a snowflake. Is he a woke snowflake? Because he will only eat room temperature grapefruit. Mm. Um, Ali and Yasmin over in Speed Dial are watching a video of the tax. Somebody sent it to Yasmin. Um, So... uh, it's like a, it's an altered video, isn't it? So the the voices are different. Um, so you can't tell who it is because of their covered faces. Nobody can tell who it is. Spider. Oh, today's episode just kind of made me feel. In parts, it made me feel very happy for Spider and Toya, and then they they ripped out my heart from my chest and trampled all over it. But this is a nice part. He presents her with this framed picture of them from like the nineties. <laughs> Or maybe early 2000s. A nice little publicity <laughs> photo of the two of them but together. But he made it. He's like, I made this. I made this frame myself. I picked up these sticks I off know, the beach. I and can, I made. I and I took tell. it around the world. Because I really love you, Toya. And I always loved you. You really, you've, really you've sweet. You carried this around the world yes. with you. I don't know what his, um, you, don't know what his wife thought of that. But that's probably why she left him, honestly. Yeah. And also, why have you put this bit of wood horizontal in the middle here? It was very, it was very nice and crafty. I thought it was lovely. Just like the sort of thing nice you'd have to pay scene. thirty-five pound for in a shop in Devon. <laughs> well, Toya loves it, and uh, and she also says, "Oh yeah, Spider. I think maybe we should think of maybe getting a place together, moving out of my sister's flat." She's like, "I love this picture, but I need somewhere to put it. I need, I need a mantelpiece of my own to yeah. put this on. Let's get a flat on the, together. On the, she won't have anything unless it's 
um, in a silver frame. Yeah, it's, it's got to be silver and blue. That's the colour scheme there. And um, yeah, so Toya's like, yeah, maybe we should get actually some jobs. And, uh, and then we could very easily afford somewhere to live. Wow, she's a genius. Yeah. So in the cafe, we also have Brian, David and Roy watching this edited video there. Brian's mad. David says, look, I've been, I've been trying to keep Max away from these guys, but um, I've not been having much luck. Sorry, <laughs> I'm kind of out of options here. And they said, look, you just need to try harder. They are dangerous. Be a dad to him, David. Uh, I suppose it's easier said than done know, by, feels... by two men who don't, don't have children. <laughs> yeah. I know that Roy has, you know, fostered well, in the past. Also, Brian but... is a teach, an ex-teacher. And he yes, that's has true, had... that's true. He's probably had so many meetings with parents going, just can you make just sure they don't... Just parent better. Just don't, just don't let them near <laughs> each other. <laughs> um, but no, they're just worried for Max's safety, basically. Mm. And like, for his own good, you need to get him away from Griffin's Co. So um, Toya um, is, goes to the bistro later, tells Leanne about their plans to, to move out, which is clearly clearly mega splitter smitten with spider Leanne's again like, and Leanne's like good you deserve happiness good move out yeah you've moved on from Imran good for you I you've taken was, your wedding ring off and everything I thought it was really funny and on you didn't mention this but on Friday uh, morning Nick <laughs> spider's mooching about and then Nick says to Leanne does he live with us now or what <laughs> yeah that was a good one um, Alia comes over shows them the video and Toya's like, hang, hang on a minute. minute. <laughs> uh, I know those beautiful blue eyes anywhere. I know that worried expression. Uh, yeah, because we later find out in the episode, and, and I need to scroll back to some old episodes and see if this is actually a thing, but um, Spider's got a bit of a habit that when he's nervous, he twiddles his necklace. And uh, and that's what he's doing. He's twiddling away in this video, and Toy's like, uh-oh. She doesn't tell the Anna earlier what she thinks she's seen, but um, I would have thought that, if, especially if I was Leanne... If Toya had said, no, no, can I have a look at that again? And then she'd run off looking worried. If I was Leanne, I'd have a proper look at it and go, oh, yes, that's Spider, isn't it? My kind of brother-in-law-ish. But anyway, she just... I've known for 20 years. Yeah. Anyway, Toya rushes off. Um, Then we don't see her again for a bit. Griff, meanwhile, is walking down the street with Spider. He says, I don't trust you, Spider. Uh, You're out of the gang. You're You're not in our racist gang anymore. Then two police officers come over. They want to speak to Spider. Can I just say, mm. Spider keeping it on the down low that he's hanging out with Griff, not going so well when he's literally walking down Coronation Street. I know we make fun of it, fun of them when they go down Valendale or stand in Victoria Gardens and have a conversation. He's just flagrant. But he's just now. walking down the middle of Coronation Street with Griff going, oh yeah, racism. Can I be your friend still? <laughs> so um, he's, he gets hauled in by the police over clearly this attack um, although obviously no I well, can't it remember about the attack. Do, yeah it is but I don't, I don't remember and I don't know how this works but when you're an undercover officer yeah. not all police know about it do they? no no so I guess these these uniformed officers that brought him in might not uh, know might not know that he's one of them possibly I don't well, know well no you don't tell everybody because no. one of them could be an undercover racist. Very true. We already very had true. that storyline, do you remember? Yeah, we did have that storyline. Where's Just... that guy? Mm. Um, so, David... It's his time to shine now. David... Um finds Max and Lauren at the bus stop later. They're just um, getting going to get on a bus to go to Griff's flat. And Dave's like, oh, I'm going to come over with you to see how your new besties have a bit of a word with them. And he, he won't take no for an answer. So he, go, he goes over to the flat there. Um, 
them. Uh, so so he they arrive at the flat. Griff and Reese are there, and um, their tactic is to just like welcome David with open arms and say, "Oh yeah, you're Max's dad, aren't you? He's a good kid, quite the film director as well." So they're trying butter him, to try to butter him him up, but David's like, "No, I'm getting straight to the point here. You are racists. You're you you made my son." film your racist meeting what the hell's going on here over at the station meanwhile spider is saying that he cannot take much more of this um it's getting too much for him too heavy too awkward between I him and toya i can't believe this i'm so um, disappointed in it the, the lady there is saying well you can't pull out now what do you think he, it was what do you think this was going to be what did you think was going to happen was it just going to be sharing slightly dodgy memes on twitter and making fun of people i think it's just what? because it's got a bit too close to home no, or when si- when they... spider signed up for this he wasn't expecting to for it to uh, you know cause ructions in his love life and you know, cause frictions between him and his neighbours. No, I think it. I honestly, I really, it really said what I thought it was. It's mm. just, just to make everybody realise who's not on board that he's definitely not definitely, racist, definitely and he not definitely racist. is only doing this for the greater good. Well, the the woman says. Um, the, you, the, there's rumblings that there's something even bigger happening, which they've been talking about for a little while. Come on, where? Let's let's see it. Um, and she eventually she's able to convince him to keep well, going, but you need you do need to regain Griff's trust if he thinks you're a bit of a flake. Well, she points out that what what they've got Griff on now because he has committed crimes, he'd get two years max. They don't want that. They want him to bang him up as long as possible. Mm. So they need him to commit. A worse crime, which is like, as I'm watching this, I'm just like, oh. It's... Well, didn't Spider say something like, "What we got to wait until he kills someone," or did, no, or was that you that said that? I don't no, remember. I think he did say that, but <laughs> it does. It is. It, this is the icky part, isn't it, of undercover policing? Or you're like, how much of this is actually mm. down to you inciting him to do? Well, yeah. Is is, is this entrapment? Don't know. I don't know. If somebody just... asks you if you're a cop, you have to say yes. Mm. Anyway, Griff tells David... Um, That's not true. Griff tells David he needs to stop listening to these woke, self-righteous snowflakes. No, Spider's like, no, you forgot to finish that scene off. Spider mm. says, I'm going to do it. No, I said that. He's, he's like, he rallies himself and he's like, I'm going to be the sure biggest racist that. there ever was. And he's and he's not he's not wrong either. He does, he does a very convincing job later in the yeah. episode. So yeah, Griff's telling David, stop listening to these woke, self-righteous snowflakes. Maybe just, you know, watch Max's video. I've got a I bit of reading what, material. I've got, I've got some videos here that you can watch. You should watch Griff's video. Come and, and have a chat and a drink with me. And David's like, no, actually. No, thank you very much. Max, get yourself home pronto. And Max is like, nope. Kind of drops his bag on the floor doesn't he just saying I'm, I'm staying here actually and there's nothing you can do about it um spider gets back home later so this is the first time that he's seen toya since she watched the video earlier and she's proper peeved at him and he's she's like where, where have you been what have you been doing and he just lies and lies and lies spewing out of his mouth and he's he's, and, get, um, he's got his necklace yeah he's twiddling his he's necklace going, oh, golly and God. she says i've seen the video oh no that was you you were there at the attack on monday night and and um, he's like, no, no, it wasn't me. It's just a case of mistaken identity. I swear it, Toya. And she's like, no, I know it was you. you. And she, he's like, you can't throw our future away on this. And she's like, no, you're not the guy that, that I thought you, you were. Sling your mate. You're dumped. Wow. Um, so Spider is, yeah, he's kind of, 
reluctantly no, ends on. up leaving. Does does she dump him then, or does she dump him later? I can't remember. She does a double dumping. She she kind of she's makes it quite clear that she's uh, that he's not in her good books dumped. at the moment. Um, so um, Griff and Max go to the flat later. No, sorry, they're in the flat later on their own later, and the the videos had thousands of views. We find by this point, um, when Griff gets up to go to the loo. There's this kind of awkward moment where Max spills his cu- his beer over the computer and then he's trying to mop it this up and then odd. he accidentally opens another video. I, d- I didn't really get that. It was a no. bit like, you remember earlier this year when Hope was on the computer and she kind of accidentally somehow managed to find the John State files. It, this yeah. was kind of, this reminded me of that. It was just a bit awkward. But it, I, I don't know why he needed to spill the drink. Why couldn't he have just seen a folder on the desktop and then gone into it i don't know like anyway secret secret file do what, not look yeah what comes up is the unedited version of the attack video so everyone's voices are un unjumbled and um so i don't know who did the jumbling maybe he's got another um maybe max is more on the a and he's got somebody from the v on the av club and, and it, no max is more of the v and they got he's got his a to do the audio mixing for this but um max says this, is this this is Reese? I recognise these people. These these are your mates. What's going on? Were you involved in the attack? Um, and Griff's like, eventually Griff says, "Yeah, I was there." But you know what? That Darian deserved it. He he took your school place, Max. Come on, his kind are all the same. And and Max kind of tries to stand up for Darian a bit, saying, "Oh, he's not had an easy life." And Griff's like, "Whatever. Darian's not your mate. He's got no respect for people like us. These are people that steal from decent, honest folks like you and me. Do you want to be mates with someone who steals our resources and tries to steal your girl?" And and Max, who had been, uh, this is where I thought he was going to say, "I'm out of here." This is where he backs back down again. He's like. No, I, I don't want to be mates with anyone like that. I've I've never heard anybody talk about resources and stealing resources and protecting resources so much since the last time I played Settlers of Catan. <laughs> what, what resources? It's such a weird they? word to use. What would you call it? I don't know. Stuff. I was trying to think of it. Like, it just seems like a, such a non-specific and very kind of formal words these grey squirrels are over here stealing, stealing our, our acorns stealing our acorns they are burying them in our stealing ground our, stealing our jobs yeah and um anyway max is kind of back down again and griff says you need to man up mate otherwise you're gonna get trampled on and then there, then there's a really kind of intimidating scene where he sits down on the sofa and he kind of he goes for max doesn't he griff does, griff does. Yeah. he like going Bleh. But it's just a hug, and they like, like oh, oh, rough 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 yeah, let's have a laugh together. Oh. But it did; it really looked for a second there like he was about to beat yeah. Max up and yeah. say, "Don't you doubt me so, again." So Max has had this Very like, well rush of adrenaline where yeah. he's been scared now, but then immediately Griff is comforting him and yeah, making and him feel like him. he's it's okay. So mm. is that some kind of weird? Is that set off some kind of weird brain chemistry and? Probably. In Max's head. Where Probably he's like, did. Like, I like Griff. Yeah. Um, so Toya comes into the bistro later, tells Leanne what's happened with Spider. And she's like, I'm... To- Leanne's kind of saying, are you, are you absolutely sure? You don't want to be, you know, you- Spider's good for you. You don't want to throw, throw this all away. And uh, Toya does admit she's starting to have some doubts. Um, and and she and she looks at her phone and Spider's been bombarding her with calls and texts and everything. Leanne says, look... 
I reckon you should try and give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Hear him out. See what he's got to say. Well, she's like everyone else. She's like, he's not racist. Why would he be with a gang of men beating mm. up a boy? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So there's th- this is uh, when we have the meeting between Spider and Griff in the pub. Toya comes and in. And this is when Spider's they blimmin' announce that Millie This is when Gibson. the Millie Gibson thing happened on BBC <laughs> One, so we were somewhat distracted. Um... Uh, and Toya is that. Spider, why have you called me here? Why are you sitting there with Griff? He's an ignorant, racist pig. And Spider is like, well, uh, you know, Griff just cares about the country and he wants to stand up for the, uh, for our way of life and, and stuff like and that. And our resources. And our resources and our, and, and our red squirrels. And Toya's like, what the hell am I hearing? Spider, well, listen to yourself. Yeah, but have you ever actually seen a red squirrel in person? Because they've got cute little tufts on mm. their ears. Think about that. Yeah. What about that? Well, if we didn't have grey squirrels everywhere, we'd all be able to enjoy red squirrels, wouldn't we? We would, we would. It's... And, and worst of all, and I think if Griff had raised this in the meeting, and I'm sorry for any listeners, this might offend you, the worst thing about grey squirrels is they're American. <laughs> come over here. <laughs> Aren't they? They are. Yeah, come over here and steal our nuts. Yeah, taking the use out of our words, like colour. Yeah, it's disgusting. Anyway... Um, Spider's like going, oh yeah, Griff's just trying to create a better planet for our children. And Toya says, like, what are you? You don't have any children. <laughs> I am barren. I don't care about it. <laughs> this is hate speech, says Toya. This is racism. And Spider says, well, if that's how you feel, then, then we just can't be together then, I guess. And Toya's like, damn right we can't. Yeah. I never knew you, did I? Not the real you, because all I see in front of me is a hateful, pathetic excuse for a human being, and I could never love anyone like like that hmm. and off she stomps <laughs> oh is, is it is it a kind of a soap thing when people think that they and they have she has known him kind of for you know 25 years on and off would you oh, wouldn't you just be utterly shocked and be like what's going on you would you'd be like are you all right because she she's made the decision now that he is 100 racist i mean he, I think he's I giving know, her I'd very say, convincing proof i'd say but, okay well let's go talk about it then i take him to dr gallus and go either you need to give us a carbon monoxide detector or he's got a brain tumor or something yeah because that's she, exactly I, honestly if i if that if you started saying something like that i would Gemma, literally i really love EastEnders. Oh my god. And a campaign for EastEnders. There's a tumour pressing on whatever whatever the reasoning centre of your brain is. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't just say, well, we can't be together then, can you? Well, I'm not going to be married to an EastEnders it's a, it's watcher. A, it's a silly soap, but she just completely, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think I would try to have a bit more of a discussion. Like, what do you mean? What Can you explain exactly what it is that you think is happening here? Mm. Like, I suppose she's also a little bit embarrassed that this has all come out in a public place and she probably well, thinks that everyone's there's watching There's quite a her. lot of like, I have to I have to very publicly denounce this because mm. I don't want to be associated. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, so she, she's Jeez, off Louise. now anyway. Um, I've lost where but we But again, are. I guess, so, I guess oh, she's yeah. lashing out because she's so shocked. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, she, maybe it would be... a mixture of the shock, the public... Maybe it would be different if it was a private conversation because you might go, hang on a minute, I'm going to make a cup of tea and then you're going to tell me what you think you're saying. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think you n- realise what exactly is coming out of your mouth. Mm. But if it was a public place, yeah, you might be a bit more defensive yeah, yeah. and shocked. I don't know, it's just very... I guess also in a, in a weird way, it's because of that big gap that they've had where she suddenly realised that actually you've changed since yeah. since we were last together. It's 2003. 
Mm. Um, so Max is in the car in a cafe with Lauren later, and she's like, she Brexit. swears she doesn't know about the attack. Um, and, and and my dad being involved in everything, and Max is still trying to make sense out of it himself. And he's like, but he he says, yeah, like, I can get why they might want to scare Darian, but why would they film it? Um, we then cut later on to David chatting with Max at the kitchen table later, and he's like, what's the appeal with this Griff bloke? And Max says, well, you know. Griff treats me like an adult, which mm. is more than you do, actually, Dad. And um, David says, he, this guy is clearly offensive, he's violent, can't you see that? This guy has like, been mm, making yeah. every single episode, we've got to have a warning about content because of this guy. We've never had that before. <laughs> um, David says, no, he smacks his like, you, you can't stop me seeing my mates, though. So every time he's kind of almost there, ready to back out, just so like we know as... as uh, as viewers, that hope is not all lost and Max isn't actually a racist yet. Not a full-on one, at least, anyway. So, um, we get a couple more scenes of this in the episode. Now, I told you this was a long story this week. Um, we have another alley scene with Griff and Spider. Griff is chuffed because Spider has proven um, beyond all reasonable doubt that he is definitely on their side. He's shown where his loyalties lie. You're back in the gang. Well done, mate. And he's kind of leaves Spider there looking a bit, oh, what have I done? What have I said? Is Toya going to forgive me because I've been, <laughs> been a bit of an arse tonight? Toya, bless her, ends the episode. She gets the final scene of the week on in the flat, in the dark, looking at her photo of her and Spider together, um, surrounded by driftwood. And then she like throws it to one side. Yeah, she throws it. Collapses onto the, the, the tear, collapses onto the sofa, sobbing a little heart out. Yeah. And so ender the week. And I said to you, Street. where's Leanne and Nick? And you said, oh, probably at the bistro working. They do, they live and the then bistro. I said, well, where's little Sam? He's probably cowering in the bedroom. Like, oh, <laughs> Arnie toys toy off on one again. <laughs> <laughs> she, hasn't done, she killed her husband and oh, I think I'm next. <laughs> Maybe Sam was who uh, toy her through the, through the, the photo frame at. She was like, I thought she was in a room on her own there. And then Max popped his head out. It's like, Sam. Max. Sam, sorry, yeah. Um, Is it, have they ever had a scene together? I th- maybe. I kind of want him to call her Auntie Toya. I'm, I'm sure they must have had a, a, a small number of scenes together. Are you sad, together, Auntie Toya? Shut up! I don't need... That's one thing I do not need in this story. What? I don't... Sam, uh, I love him, but he's not required... You don't need him in this in story. In this story. Even, even, the, story. even the involvement of Nick and Leanne, it's like... Mm, I don't really, really like them in it, this, honestly. No, I mean, I, I, I'll always support Leanne and Toya scenes if we're going to have, you know, these sisterly bonding scenes like we got in the bistro today that's all good but yeah I, I don't need Nick moaning on about his stolen <laughs> grapefruit or whatever um, yeah. anyway. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that um that spider isn't just only eating seasonal, fresh, locally produced fruits. I don't think they grow grapefruits in Weatherfield. What do they grow in Weatherfield? Apples. Uh, they grow beans still in got, the allotment. We've still got apples on our tree. Yeah I know. Um I'm loving this. I think that, um, yeah. This is a very compelling, interesting storyline. They're doing a really good job with it. Yeah. But although I did see um, there was an article online, I think it was in the Mirror maybe this week, to say that it has so far received 112 complaints. Not enough. To, uh, to Ofcom. Get it higher. Um, I don't know what the nature of the complaints are exactly. Because there's the warnings. Is it just the language that's here? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it seems like it's been so long since Coronation Street's had some complaints. That's how you know they're doing a good job with yeah. their stories. They get the complaints into Ofcom about it. So um, fantastic. Loving it. I want to work but at Ofcom. I was, oh, Spider. I, I really thought that once 
Toya had seen him in the video today, I thought that it was the, the truth was going to come out. I was I was mean? ready. No, about him being a cop. What do you? You're stupid. No, I'm not stupid. You I are. thought I was. I kind of. Once she saw that, I was like, yeah. By the end of the episode, she's going to know that he's a policeman and, and it's all going to be good. No, oh, because he's I don't, got to. Pre- no, I know he's got to pretend, but I just feel really. I don't feel good towards Spider at the moment, and I love Spider. No, but when I he was, feel better for when him. When he was saying that to Toya today no, and breaking a little heart. Correct. The, the thing, see, I worry, is Toya actually going to forgive him when the truth comes out? Because he has had plenty of times, in her mind, to confess the truth and say that he he's can't. a police officer. I know, and I know that, but, you know, if if your significant other is keeping a secret of this size... I would like it. <laughs> even if he's been told, sorry, you're not allowed to tell anyone, you're right, you, you, you wouldn't well, like you know it. Well, you know why I don't Most like people, secrets. You don't, no, you don't. You... you you wouldn't say, oh, of course it makes sense then. Oh, I'll go on then, because I snog. <laughs> would you? Oh, you were pretending to be a racist. That's fine then. You were really convincing though. But I suppose I'm that's a bit what... concerned. I suppose that's what Spider's worried about at the end of the episode. Like, I'm, yeah, great, I'm back in the, I'm back in the gang for now. But he's thinking, how on earth am I going to convince Toya to come back after this one? Because he does properly love her, doesn't he? I'm I think just... we need. I think we really need Spider to have somebody to talk to. Well, he's who kind of his got boss. his policey mates. Yeah, I really want him to have somebody that I think this story is missing. That well, somebody for for Spider to go. Oh, but I really love Toy and I don't want to lose her. But we've been working on this case for five years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like he, what? How invested is he? Must be incredibly. He must have done sacrificed a lot already. To get to this stage, I want to know why is he a police? Why is he undercover police? Because originally I thought he was a, he was involved in it because he was trying to protect the integrity yeah. of. Um, I don't think environmental had, protesting. I don't think we've had an actual because he had an explanation about why he's a police officer. Because the only people that know he's police are. The, the lady boss because and he's got he's... a man boss friend hasn't he and they don't have these conversations about why you're a policeman so Cause... in my head I'm just making up the reasons because he's not actually he's not like a, a a mole or a or a grass is he he's not like somebody who's no. just in this group who's grassing on everybody no 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 he's actually he infiltrated them as a police officer he's signed up I don't think that what you can just walk into the police academy and go oh can I only be one if I can be an mm. undercover environmentalist one. Yeah. He must have in- enrolled as a police officer. Yeah, and exactly. And that's why in weird. tonight's episode, I was hoping that we'd get that explanation. So I felt a bit Well, it's going to come. Like, I, I just yeah. I have confidence that, that Toya and Spider will at least come to an understanding of what is actually going on. And Do I you... think that she might... Maybe this is going to try to teach Toya like, her lesson of you have to let you have to sometimes let somebody. You have to trust somebody that what they're what they're not telling you is for your own good. Sometimes. Mm. Do you think that they can? You know, are you foreseeing? Not that I necessarily think that's that's something that everybody needs to learn, or yeah. it's even a good thing. But I'm just saying, like maybe that's her character arc. Do you think that at the end of this they will be together, or do you think it's going to be yeah. like her saying, "You know what, Spider, I know why you did it, but I just can't be with you," and then he's going to slope off to London with his tail between his legs. I don't. I don't know what really his contract hope is. It's not that. No, I don't know either. So I don't know how long he's in it for. I don't know if he's come back for good or if he's come back for a story. No, Martin. So if he's come back for a story, then one. it's 
it's like, oh, then he probably oh, could go off. I love them so much together. And just this week on ITV3, we've had Spider returning to Weatherfield as well because he goes, he comes back and forth um, for a little bit in the early 2000s and he's just back now and it all just feels so right with him and Toya together. And um, they, they are like, you know, one of the, 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 the longest term couples on Coronation Street at the moment, aren't they? With, with a few gaps in between, admittedly. I'm just... But they, they, they come from an era of Coronation Street when the characters who were put together really, really felt right together. Yeah. And not just, Frank I don't know, together. let's put Gary and Maria together. Let's put Sarah and Adam together. Why not? These feel like <laughs> they were they were written for each other. And I, I do like the idea of a future on Coronation Street where they're living happily together. I hope we get it. I really, really do. And I and I hope that Darian can stay as well after after that heart wrenching scene on Wednesday's episode. It's like, yeah, I, I want him to be a long term character. I, I I do worry that he may end up being a bit of collateral damage in this story. Is he going to die? He might well do. I mean, uh, I mean, I I think that this story has got to ramp up, 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 just to show how evil. Griff really well, is. Well, it needs to. It needs is he to be justify. He needs to, the, the story needs to justify Spider's sacrifice of giving up his love for Toya, yeah. and it needs to. It needs to like. He needs to be like, look, Toya, I had to do this because look what happened. You know, I yeah. couldn't let Griff walk the streets. I, I was responsible for, for bringing him to justice. I couldn't. I couldn't. I know that I love you, but now. This has happened. Mm. And there's got to be something big enough that Max ends up getting a reality check. Oh, golly. And like, oh, yeah. They are racist. They are actually racist after that. But the thing is, he, he clearly knows by this point, doesn't he, Max? No, he, and yeah, he's just kind of lying be... to himself and thinking, oh, yeah, they're my mates and everything. The realisation is not going to be, oh, they're racist. It's going to be, oh, I'm racist. Mm. Yeah. I still think... There's something to be said for the fact that this story is rushing a little bit how quickly Max has been indoctrinated by these guys. And yeah, they're kind of, he's kind of showing glimmers of, oh, I'm not really racist and oh, why did you say that? But that's because they want to not completely ruin the character. Um, but I think, yeah, but by the end of it, I'm sure we'll be able to forgive Max again. I'm sure they'll, they'll write it in a decent enough way. Um, oh, I'm just really, really loving it. I'm so, so glad that this story got got the lion's share of the, the time this week and um i haven't looked into any synopses for next week or anything but i hope that this uh hit features just as heavily i think we need to move on to another story Gemma. double crossed over to you so this is the story with fernie and bernie mm-hmm. and on monday oh i was just gonna ever, ever throughout this storyline i've been mixing when i've been typing out the notes burn and burn all the time so it's definitely worked for me so apologies in advance Gemma, if i've written burn when i should have written fern uh howard's round with bernie and dev again and this this was the bit that kind of confused me a little bit because doesn't howard's existence prove that fern exists and why does everyone still keep doubting bernie's story yeah i i, I liked a lot of this story for the silliness there are a few of it, bits but that didn't make any sense <laughs> anyway the, the fact that people like no nobody believed apart from dev that that but that fern existed that didn't make sense and especially when there was even... the whole thing about the driving what was the payoff as well sure that... what was the payoff for that nobody believing her 
There wasn't one, was there really? Was there a compelling story reason for nobody to believe her? But uh, 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 there wasn't necessarily. The only thing that really happened caused frustration for for Bernie. Sorry, that happened was that um, Gemma realised that she must not have been lying because of something that Howard said. Yeah, it was just for the drama, really. Right. So Howard's round with Bernie and Dev, and they're planning this lottery because he's going to pretend he's won the lottery to lure Fern in. And uh, Dev thinks this whole thing is stupid, but they go ahead with it. And uh, um, he he poses in the bistro with these party hats. Because, of course, if you win... What did he say? He's won, like, eight million quid. I would, I would immediately rush out and get some paper party hats. <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> that looked like the least convincing lottery win party ever. It's like, we're going to celebrate now. We've not had the giant novelty check through yet. I've got to just work so with what I've got. We've, we've, we've only yeah, got £3.50 in, in my in account. Bucket. Yeah, let's do that. What like, would you do, then? But we'll go to the bistro just to make it look really classy and everything. <laughs> what would you do to celebrate and rub everyone's nose in it? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have a party because I don't like parties. I what just, would you say? Just do a declaration. I shall never have a party again. I don't know what I would do. I'd do whatever you wanted, darling. Oh. <laughs> I'd let you run that one. Go to... I'd buy the biggest, most expensive steak I could find. I'd get you to cook it for me. Thanks. <laughs> Put a photo of it on the internet and everyone thinks it's your bloody hand. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. Back at home, Bernie's miserable because the plan's not working and, and Fern hasn't come up come out of hiding and she thinks prison's gonna is imminent she's getting ready to spend her last night with paul and Gemma. but then howard comes around and says fern's been in touch they're gonna meet up in fresco's car park and bernie's over the moon so um but then she, this was weird as well <laughs> she's in, she's sitting at the bus stop and then a van pulls up and a man jumps out she has a bag on her head and drags her into the back of the van and all the whole time she's going unhand me You've got the wrong yeah. person. What are you doing? Why are you attacking me? Gets She gets driven around and then the bloke comes out. I know, she starts saying, I'm not fine, I'm Bernie Winter. And the guy takes the bag off her head and he's like, oh, I recognise you from the dog and gun. And apparently they're bestie mates. How did he not recognise her voice when he was putting a bag over her head? Anyway. Yeah. Dev They're is... not supposed to be best mates or anything. Well, he, she's now got a valuable... Uh, addition to her armory against Fern here because this man um, is mad at Fern because she owes him money. Yes. So Dev uh, Dev sees Howard and Fern have this meetup in the car park when he, and then he tells her he's won this 18 million pounds and um, she's like, oh, Oh, I, I didn't I didn't hear about that. What do you mean? She's obviously heard about this on online and she's only come round because she's heard about it. Mm. And but she's um she's pretending that she's I don't know, trying to get back with him or something, I don't know. Dev's trying to take a photo, but then he drops his phone, and he tries to hook oh, it out I from under the that. car. See, this is all part of Monday's episode, which again was just felt a bit off for me, and Dev fumbling around with his phone, dropping it underneath the car. It's like, oh really, it's not that funny. And yeah, just it's None of this really felt right to me. By the time that Bernie and this bloke who Fern owes money to arrive to confront Fern at the Freshco's car park... Um, She's gone. Fern's gone and uh, Dev hasn't had a chance to take a photo because he dropped his phone. 
So on Wednesday, um, she's getting anxious. It's the day of her trial. Dev reassures her that Dee Dee's going to help her. Everyone meets up in the cafe. And Dee Dee's like, oh, it looks like your judge is a monster. And um, I, I think you should probably drop this doppelganger story because you're going to get in trouble and you might end up in prison. You should just plead guilty. And she's like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, I don't understand why everybody is so like so convinced that she is lying still. No. They just all treat her like she's lying. Like even Dee Dee's like, this story's this story's bunk. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. I and know, also, I know it, is, it does sound implausible, but she's she's arguing it. Well Dev has seen strongly. this bloke and also she, uh, seen this woman and also Howard's married to her, so explain that then. And also, if she did steal this money, why isn't she this jewelry? Why hasn't she tried to sell it or got or like flashing cash or mm. trying to help the babies out or anything? Yeah, Dev hasn't seen um, Fern. He's just trying to take a photo of her. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Howard turns up at number five to wish Benny luck for this afternoon, and he's like, "Oh no, I thought this was a victimless crime. It was only seventy grand's worth of of jewelry." And Gemma's like, "Hang on a minute." So she confronts Howard as he's getting in his car saying, how did you know how much this stuff was worth? And he's like, oh, I've got to go. And then his phone lights up and it's Fern giving him a ring. And um, Gemma's like, oh, okay, I know what's going on here. And he's like, no, no, it's someone else called Fern that I know. (laughs) And he's like, okay, okay. Look, I haven't been in office from the beginning, but um, she's convinced me to to, um, go on her side. So uh, Gemma takes her phone Pick makes a call. The bloke from yesterday turns up. I didn't write this guy's down name down anywhere. I do apologise. He's like, oh, I'm going to beat you up, Howard. And Howard's like, oh, no. And uh, Gemma and um, this bloke get him to phone Fern up, tell her that he's found a buyer for, this, for the goods and she wants him to meet up later and bring it with her. So they go back to the car park. Fern gets the jewellery, but she realises it's a setup. She tries to run away. She gets boxed in and then Officer Craigie comes out and arrests her and everybody celebrates because the courts just text Dee Dee like, ah, forget it then. If you've got the if you've got the much stuff back, we don't care who stole it. <laughs> Didn't she? She looks at her phone. Basically. Basically, Dee Dee looks at German, her phone brilliant. and she's just got a text message from the judge going, Okay, no worries. See you later then. Bye-bye. <laughs> so um, Bernie says, thank you, Dev, for never doubting me. And they have a little kiss and a hug. On Friday, Gemma's like, sorry, I didn't believe you, but it was a bit of a crackpot storyline. <laughs> Why don't you come back and live with us? And so Bernie packs her stuff to leave. Dev looks really disappointed. And she gets told later on by, I think it's the twins that tell her that Dev is gutted that she's moving out. So she decides to stay. And in order to celebrate, she makes a fancy meal of burnt fish fingers and and five different sauces. Um, And then Bernie and Dev kiss when the twins go out for a pizza instead. Yes. That was a very You've written succinctly... that she decides to move out to say goodbye, but I think she's moving in. I don't... Mm, I thought she was still moving out. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll find out next week. It... Another woman... No, I'm just saying, another woman who can't cook. Yes. I, yeah, I know. Are I'm you sure telling Aggie me, after all this her. practice, she still can't grill a fish finger? I know. I expect that's, well, especially because that seems like the sort of thing that the family would live on. Hmm. Um, so how? And apparently, did you... one of the sauces was made with anchovies, anchovies but yes. I don't believe that. I, mm. I went back and I 
I Caesar paused dressing. it to see if I could discern what sources they were, and I'm pretty sure they're all just bottles. <laughs> How did you find the conclusion of this story? Because this is just... this is the conclusion. Um, I put a message. I tweeted um, uh, the, the actress who plays uh, Fern the other day, Gabrielle. And Dan said, oh, is this the last we've seen of Fern? Say it ain't so. And she's like, oh, your guess is as good as mine. So, yeah, it seems like that, that, that is the last we've seen of her. Yes. How did you find it? I thought it was a bit of silly nonsense. I thought it was kind of fun. Parts of it didn't hold up to any kind of logical scrutiny. Did they? No, not at all, really. It, it didn't make sense it, in, in, in parts. Um, I don't think it's one of these things that you really need to get into too much and nitpick over. Um, I th- I really like the concept of these two actresses who actually really do look very similar. And, yes, but um, not so familiar. No, so I think they did a fantastic job of picking up each other's mannerisms yeah. when they were trying to pretend to be and each other. It was very very handy that they both decided to wear the same colour clothes each day as well, didn't it? Like they were... Burn and Bernie and Fern were both in blue on Wednesday's episode. I thought it was funny when Dev kind of got a look at her and Bernie. Uh, sorry, still can't do it. Fern kind of gives him a bit of a gives him a bit of a wink, doesn't she? As she's being led away, uh, led away by Craig, she's just like, oh, I don't, I don't. I need... thought she was great. She she was kind of slinking away, and and Dev was almost getting a head turn. Didn't she? Didn't he say like? Why don't you look like that? I can't. I don't no, know. No, I don't what know. Said, but um, but... she's definitely got a better dress sense than Bernie. Yeah. I liked it. I think that um, what's her name? Gabrielle. Gabrielle like, Gleeson. Yeah. Very charismatic, and so is obviously. I was I was disappointed that we only got a little bit of her because we've not seen much Fern at all since the actual robbery took place, have we? Because no, she's, she's been, been in hiding. Run. So we saw a bit of her on Monday, barely anything on Wednesday, and that was it. I, I wanted more. But, you know, for a story that came out of nothing, that was suggested by Jane Hazelgrove, wasn't it? After he plays the Bernie. He plays Bernie after people were convinced, uh, sorry, confusing one for the other. I thought it was, yeah, just the right side of silly. Um, Liked it. Doesn't, doesn't hold up to intense scrutiny, but... And, and usually I'm a massive nitpicker about things like that, but... Well, I think you would have got into it if I hadn't stopped you. And let's be clear, we love a bit of nitpicking on this show... We do. But I think sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it is just nitpicking. It was it was it's fun. Not, it's, it was it's not different. like I was it's, gonna say this isn't Shakespeare, but actually this is probably the most Shakespearean plot they've ever had on Coronation Street. <laughs> People are always getting each other confused in Shakespeare, aren't they? Yeah. Um it's um And also they had an arse in it too. Dev. <laughs> um I've forgotten what I was gonna say. You, you interrupted I'm sorry, me. I interrupted oh, you, did I? Oh what I was gonna say. I don't know. Um no, it's gone. It's gone out of my head. Um, are you going to do Debbie's debts? What, are we done with that story? Yes. Oh, for, Look at the time. This, oh, gosh, it's half past 11. Okay, Debbie's... No, I'm not talking about the time. I'm looking at... How long the podcast it's is. It's one hour 47. I did warn people at the beginning this could be a long one. But no, um, good story. Debbie's debts. So this was kind of nothing, wasn't it? Whereas the, the Max storyline was the A storyline and then the Fern stuff was like, it came and went. It felt, even though this storyline last did three days, nothing really happened. This really lasted three days. But yeah, Monday, no, so Monday, Wednesday and Friday, this story featured, but it could have all, everything that happened could have just gone on in about two scenes. It's basically Debbie getting a call from her estate agent saying, yeah, you know, you got all these other ho- uh, hotels of yours on the market. Well, sorry, but offers aren't exactly rolling in for them. Nobody wants to buy a hotel now, I'm sorry to tell you. No. 
Um, what, what am I going to do, says Debbie. So Ronnie's suggesting that Debbie sell the bistro later. And I don't understand why he suggests... I mean, I understand because she's got to sell something, but um, she, she's the only one she works at. She loves that place. Don't tell I me. Know. Debbie cannot tell me she doesn't love the bistro. She can pretend all she likes, but she spends all of her time there. Yeah, well, she's she occasionally at Chariot Square, she isn't she? She loves explaining to people what the difference between a native and invasive crayfish is when she's trying to sell them the special salad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of this. I don't like, want Debbie to Debbie sell. Debbie is already such a, a tiny character in terms of storylines, of course. <laughs> That's definitely on Owen. Um, and, and the idea that she would be, you know, kicked out of the bistro. Like, well, what's left for her to do? So I don't know what she would do if she wasn't in the bistro. Like, literally, she that's all she does and that's so little. She had a little mini storyline over the summer, didn't she, when she was trying to get Ryan to, 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 to rob it. So I'm not really, not really supporting this. Anyway, Ronnie says, look, sell the bistro, but at least give Nick and Leanne first refusal here. Kevin finds out about his dear sister's money oh, woes God, this later. Wound me up. And he says, oh, why well, don't you have some of Auntie Vi's money? Which is what brought her back to Coronation Street a few years ago. And she's like, no, no, this is my mess. I'll sort it. No, stop there. Yes, thank you. I'll have it. Also, Kevin, what are you sitting on this hoard of money for like a big dragon? Buy yourself a new coat. Well, you know, he's got a... Got a baby to raise now he's got a baby to raise he's got a new wife he's got a son who has only got one leg he can't think of anything to spend his money on (laughs) he's a miser he's he's a he's a you know he didn't open his purse strings as kevin no um anyway she's like "My, my mess and he she goes and tells nick about selling up you got first refusal. Seems interested, but says, well, I can't just click my fingers and have money appear. Where do you She's think like, I, I am? I don't understand what you mean. Everyone else came round here, Nick. He says, no, it's going to take me a couple of months to get that kind of cash together. I wish I could get that much cash together in a few I months. I know, if somebody said to me, what, would you like to buy this? I'd say, yeah, can you give me about 23 years to get some money yeah, together, Yeah, I'll start please? saving now. No, I'm going to wait for someone to die. <laughs> um, and uh, so he's, she's like, well, no, that's not quick enough. I can give you a week. I need it now. That, I'm going to look further afield. I only just thought of it, but I need it now. Yeah. I don't get what the rush is, but Nick and Leanne on Wednesday are talking about it. They go to Bistro to meet with Debbie later, and Leanne says, well, yeah, we, we do want to buy it. We can buy it, but we can't raise the cash. We need, uh, we, we're £12,000 short of what you want. Is is that okay? And Debbie's like, no, mate, you're making me off. I'm not taking that. I'm Didn't gonna... sainted mummy leave Sam anything? Pff, I don't know. Can't he? I'll tell you what he should do. What? Ask Uncle Stephen for some cash. Well, I, I'm wondering whether this Audrey? is going to kind of tie into that story slightly because it's, it's certainly Audrey. not as compelling Audrey's enough story on its own. Audrey's been throwing her money around left, right and centre. If I was if I was Nick, I'd say, I'd know what I'll do. I'll organise this trip for you, Audrey, and I'll, I'll plan it and I'll sort it out. You just give me 12 grand and you'll have the best holiday you've ever had. <laughs> um, anyway, Ronnie tells Debbie at the end of the episode, he thinks he knows someone who can help. Um, and they do come round, don't they? This broker. It's a broker. Is that? It's a broker, the same as an estate agent. I don't businesses. know. I don't know. But it wasn't very interesting. Um, the 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 main um, draw of these characters' interactions on Friday's episode revolves around the restorative justice story because Sam apparently has still been banging on about that. And when all the drama of the bistro is is done and dusted. 
and, and which also included Debbie trying to get Nick to sell his half of the bistro too. Well, because she says it's going to be a much better prospect for somebody to want to buy it. If Last they time they tried it. that, they had Ray Crosby buy it, and so they need to be very, very careful. But anyway, what happens is Nick is uh, no Leanne tells Nick that Mr. Um, Restorative Justice has phoned them up and said, you're on, Harvey has agreed to meet up with Sam. And I imagine, da, da, da. for some reason, Mr. Restorative Justice, in my mind, is the Monopoly man. You're, uh, what? Uh, I don't know why. He's okay. just like, hello there, guess what, brilliant news, we're going to bring the boy in to talk to Harvey about his mummy. Well, we'll see. Don't worry, we've got a nice padded cell for them to both sit in. <laughs> Presumably next week? I don't know. Why wait? But... You know this these, whole these Coronation thing. Street fans have got brains like a sieve. If you leave it too long, we'll forget what's going on. That, well, that's what Better be next week. storytelling, isn't it? I don't know what's going on with the bistro, but I, I'm I'm not happy if if Debbie, Debbie better not leave because if leaves, she leaves, I'll pull her earrings out. I'll be mega mad. And make if her Debbie eat them. Leaves. You're not making. You're not taking my Debbie off. No, of don't take our Debbie. No, She's our pocket-sized princess. I know we you're love giving her. us our spider this year, but you're not having Debbie. No. Right, Gemma. Um, is it me? No, this is you, Eliza Stewart-Crittle. What do you think that means? I said it sounded slightly like Eliza Doolittle. No. Sorry. I don't know. I told you I couldn't think of a storyline for the title. I just realised today that I didn't That's have fine. one. It doesn't matter. What happened this week? So, it's Eliza Stewart-Kittle. Yes, amazing. Eliza Stewart-Kittle. Somebody else tell me a storyline title. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to critique them, Michael. What happened? What happened? I just want to tell you another thing. Mm-hmm. I spend far longer giving you critiques on this than I actually really want to or intend to, but you always want the feedback. I know. I've you ask it on myself. Me. I do. Right, Monday in the cafe, Alia tells Dee Dee and Adam about the pain, and Adam asks Dee Dee to come and work for him because he's got a spare space ever since that unfortunate An accident. shaped hole. Where Toya forgot which. <laughs> which was the accelerator, which, which was the brake. She should get an automatic. He likes the cut of her jib, he tells her. Didi's like, oh, that's funny. I'm an unemployed lawyer and you're a law man with a... A law man. A law man with a space <laughs> for, for a lady of law. Mm-hmm. She's like, as long as the salary is right. Roy comes over. <laughs> Did Adam write down something on a bit of paper and then push it across to her and then she picks it up and goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever she was earning, where does she live? Where did she live in America? Somewhere fancy. I thought it was LA or something. Well, whatever it? money she was earning there, she's not going to get like a third quarter of that here, is she? No. No. Anyway, Roy comes over to speed dial later and, and sees that Stu's not there yeah. because he's looking for a flat. And Roy's, that's a bit surprising because I thought that you two had feelings for each other. So how come he's moving out? Stu finds Dee Dee in the pub and says, thanks again for helping me get off. <laughs> Sorry, that's really like childish that. of me. <laughs> he talks about potentially moving out, but Dee Dee can see that he still he doesn't really want to. So later in the pub, Dee Dee and Co are celebrating the fact that she signed on to work for Adam, and she just drops this out of nowhere that she wants Alia to beat you sat on the mouse, Michael. Sorry, sorry. I just had to get up to get a cup of tea. <sighs> now everything's disappeared. Sorry, carry on. No, it's disappeared again. No, oh. God. <laughs> so oh, it's gone chaotic, back. hasn't it? It has so, gone so chaotic. So Stu says... No, hang on, hang on. Uh, no, 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 she wants Alia to be her legal secretary, yes. which is like, why? Why? 
Why? <laughs> because Alia she was says, so good Alia at doing said, the stew storylines. She, she was very... She, she would look at paperwork for, for forever. Alia spent the whole time looking at Stu's case going, well, I don't know. Basically. I don't know. I've found nothing. But she and then immediately, Dee Dee like, comes in and goes, oh, yeah, that DNA stuff needs to be sorted out. Yeah. Why does she want Alia, the incompetent bore? <laughs> She's not. She just doesn't give up. Very resilient. Tenacious. Tenacious A. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I, I have to tell you, this week I am warming to Alia, but I, I am worried that I'm not going to like her because one of the things that put me right off Sophie Webster was when they gave her a clipboard. And I really think that there's a lot of potential for Alia to be striding about with a clipboard bossing people around. I don't even know more than she does already. Do. I don't know why she well, does. She's going to tell... Imran managed to cope without one. She's going to tell Arlia, she's going to tell Adam that he's not put the lid back on the milk, probably. <laughs> Alia's like, yes, okay. No, actually, I, I don't want to because I work at the at the restaurant. Then they start talking about Stu and Yasmin and how they both obviously like each other, but they won't say anything. I kind of get the idea that Alia and, and Dee Dee, although you know, boss and secretary. It'll be one of these, yeah, let's team up and be an ITV crime drama sort of thing, aren't yeah. you and Dee Dee uh, yeah. together? And yeah, she's going to do a lot more of the but investigating I, side of that. I don't know. I don't think Alia is the sort of person also that takes direction or orders. The thing is no. about it is that she's going to be, Dee, she's going to be Dee Dee's, um, what's the word? Underling. Yeah, she's not been that for the longest time because she's basically been kind of co-top dog at speed dial all this yeah. time how is she gonna adapt to working for somebody else who i think is dd younger than her i can't really tell but this the, or coronation street is not going to examine any of this they're just going to get on fine and we'll never see them again probably no i think they will because um I, I i'm sad to say that this this little development was spoiled to me a couple of weeks ago um did you did you know about no. it? right so do you remember when i sent you a picture of alia and saying they've dressed her up like velma from scooby-doo right that was from a publicity shot of her and Dee Dee saying hey look at this new dynamic crime fighting team oh, and i didn't know whether you'd seen that because that no, was when you were away in, uh, in amsterdam but everybody else go and have a look at the photo she looks like velma in it she's got she's got the kind of the mauve skirt and the orange top on do you think so, that was purposeful i don't think it was but um that's what it made me think of straight away especially with the old crime fighting and everything so um yeah i i was when i when i did read that i was like oh really i don't like the sound of that but i think it was just because it's an alia story but having grown to like her a bit more this week i really really hope this is the making of her i'm still somewhat ambivalent about dd i like i really really want to like her but there isn't loads to like yet but there's all there's not, I'm not saying there's anything to hate either um i'm hoping this could be a a, 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 a new direction in in a positive sense for her so um i'm on board with dd up until she said today oh i think i might like cheese more than my job and i was like you're not supposed to like your job more than you like cheese unless no. you're lactose intolerant <laughs> what are you talking about anyway um so she's like oh i don't know if i should be I should be uh, this when I've got a and job. And I think about it until the Isn't she part owner of Speed Dial as well? I don't know. Anyway, um, basically the end of the, the episode, Yasmin and Stu have a discussion about the fact that she doesn't want him to move out and she invites him to move into her room and she says, we must have to come to the end of our platonic period and they have a little kiss. Sweet. On Wednesday, I was like, oh, don't do that again. I don't want to see any anyone kissing ever. 
on Wednesdays. Jeez, struggling. I'm not even going to deny it. I am I a prude. I, I, where I, I think I think we should all stand up for ourselves a bit more. We've been pushed out of society. We used to be rule. We used to rule this goddamn country, <laughs> didn't we? We sent out people. It's, like, it's, it's we that damn em- invading French romantics, no, yeah. isn't it? In the Norman invasion. If it wasn't for prudes, America wouldn't exist. <laughs> I think we should take our place again as leaders of the world. <laughs> yes, fine. Actually, no. I, I think you can go. Prude. We can go a bit. Uh, it goes a bit far sometimes in mm. different countries. Anyway, Wednesday, <laughs> Stu's struggling to prepare the house for the social worker, which I thought was very sweet. Um, you can always tell when somebody is um, this is exactly the sort of person that the social worker is going to enjoy seeing when they worry about the tidying and not the fact that they're secretly an alcoholic or a drug addict. <laughs> so the social worker is very happy with number six. <laughs> she says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend Eliza moves in with you. In fact, it's gonna be immediate." And then she rips her face off, and it's actually Eliza. <laughs> She's been her the whole time. No, we thought at the time we looked down. She kind of she says, "Yeah, you, you can be straight away." And then she kind of turns around like to look in her bag or something. Like, it looks like doesn't. Like She's Eliza's been, been hiding there. in there all along. Just imagine Eliza sitting there with her little knees up by her chin going, mm. can I come out now, please? Well, I'm sure that this was 100% accurate to exactly how these kind of situations work out, wasn't it? You know, Right, and if you're a social worker. Please do let us know. <laughs> yeah, just confirm our suspicions. This is exactly how it happens. It's how it happens. Eliza arrives. Stu is full of nervous energy. He offers her a hot chocolate. Yasmin takes her up to her room. Then you can tell she's moved in with the granddad and the granddad because they're all playing cards for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza. Some people do. Eliza asks about her mum, and Stu says, "Oh, she's well. In fact, we're going to go see her tomorrow. Maybe you can come as well." And Eliza gets a bit overwhelmed, and she wants to go up to her room by herself. So on Friday, um, she's, they're getting ready to go to the prison and Eliza can't decide what to wear. And Stu thinks that she's just a bit nervous about the whole experience. And she says, no, I'm not. I, I, I want to go. So she goes back upstairs and Yasmin has to reassure Stu that he's doing a great job. Um, then Alia talks to Yasmin about the fact that Didi's offered her this job. And she says, oh, I'd have to enrol at Open University and do a load of courses. And I don't know about it. And Yasmin says, oh, you should go for it. Seize the day. So she meets Dee Dee, who's eating cheese and drinking wine, and says, if this is what the job is, can I please join in? <laughs> so they both agree that she should uh, um, work for, for yeah, Dee Dee. She's going to be Dee Dee's cheese and wine bringer. <laughs> the sommelier, isn't she? <laughs> and the fromagier. Fromagier. Mm. Stu brings Eliza back from the prison later on. Stu's a bit uh, worried. He's screwing things up. He keeps thinking he's putting his foot in it. Like, oh, isn't it great to see him in prison and all this stuff? And Yasmin's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And um, that's it, really. I'm not sure what um, what Eliza's going to be like living here. I don't know if the fact that they're visiting Bridget means that there's going to be any more development on oh, that. There is. There's definitely going to be more development. I'm 100% convinced that Bridget is innocent The thing is, if Bridget gets let out, that, that means Eliza's going to move out from Stu and Yasmin and I think that would be sad because obviously Stu really likes her I'm not sure if Eliza feels to me like a full term character I'm not sure either I mean she's the she, wrong she's... age to fit in with almost all the rest of the kids yeah yeah but that, I mean, that, that hasn't stopped you know it like... hasn't stopped them but you you would have thought that if they wanted her to be a long term character they would have thought oh we want her to be the same age as you know Joseph and Hope or something she's know? not I mean I, don't, I can't remember how old she's supposed to be no I don't know you know I can't tell you know I can't tell I'd like to see child. them together in a scene they're, 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 they're chalk and cheese aren't they Hope and Eliza she's decent she's a she's a good actress I think Hope wouldn't like Eliza because it's um, 
competition for her murderous dad because she's got a murderous mum. Yeah, very true, very true. They could compare stories, heart, shouldn't they? Yeah. No, 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 no she's she got to have competition. Oh, yeah. I, I think there is a bit of a whiff of stage school about her, but um, I, I think that she's she's very good and, and Corrie probably should keep hold of her. But, you know, we've seen, we said the same thing about young uh, Elsie this year, didn't we? And uh, alas, I don't think she's going to come back I can't believe now. they wasted the name Elsie on that. I know, on, on that. <sighs> no, on um, that story. Mm. It's not, it is very nice and cute seeing um, Yasmin and Stu together. You've got with my Liza. hopes up Yas- so much. Yasmin is... Um, is being a good grandma sort of figure. Um, Stu's maybe getting a little bit annoying with how stressed he's getting about it, but that's kind of it, really. Um, I'm glad that Stu and Yasmin have finally um, confessed their feelings towards each other because I keep forgetting and I think that they're together anyway. So that's good. Uh, and I was also quite pleased that I was um, I made a correct prediction last week on the podcast about him jumping into her bed to make room for Eliza. Listen again. I said it. What's that? What are, you, what are you hitting? You got no. I just wonder what you got. Is it I a, don't know, it's a, a bit stick of, of plastic a, that you're applauding I me with? I found this piece of. There's a bit. That's a, that a, a bit hanger. of coat hanger. Sorry, yeah, that was me. Um, any any emotions or reactions or anything from you to the storyline, Gemma? No. Do you like Eliza? Yeah. I don't hate her. I was I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to see the scene of Stu and Eliza in the prison this today. This is what makes me wonder whether it's we're going to see Bridget again. No, I think we will. I think we I will. I think if we... I would be more convinced if we'd seen her today. I think we will. It'll happen. Oh, it just, I think you know something I, then. No, no, I literally... I do not know. I 100% do not know what's going to happen here, but I don't think that, that this is it for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was because the other story, particularly the racism storyline, was quite so um, time hogging that I guess they couldn't give a whole lot to this. So maybe it will come next week. Um, something that we only got to see a bit of on Monday's episode was the book of John. Um, so Fizz visits Tyrone at work, and uh, they they're kind of having a look to see how this book's doing now it's out, and apparently it's uh, uh, doing pretty well in the sales charts. And Fizz. Says, oh well, you never, you know, it's going to plummet soon. As long as, as long as hope doesn't see it, everything's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> hope, meanwhile, has hope. become the uh, bit of a local celebrity, or in her own mind, at Weatherfield uh, Comprehensive, and she's going down the corridors saying, oh yeah, I'm going to pose for a photo for a fiver if you like. She, she says, um, I'm, I'm Hope Stapes, son, a daughter of John, living legend or something. I can't remember People's what the words are. But yeah, and um, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to do a book signing outside the girls lose at lunchtime. And she walks off and, and as I think they would, the girls, the older girls that she's kind of bragging to just have a bit of an embarrassed giggle for her. Because <laughs> they think, well, who does she think she is? So I think maybe they're going to be um, a bit mean girls to her about it. But um, it's it's after school later, and Fizz asks Nina if she can look after Hope and Sam for a minute, and um, so Hope is left alone with Sam in the cafe. She brings out a book, the copy that she's got. She's she's managed to get hold of one, and um, shows Sam the passage about him killing Charlotte with a hammer. And Sam's like, <laughs> "What the hell?" And uh, and Hope says, oh yeah, well you know, I'm I'm a psycho too. I, I'm my homicidal tendencies come from my dad. So she's she's clearly really hero worshipping um, her dad, having read this book now. Sam and Sam's, Sam's like, like oh, I don't know what to make of this. Well, he kind of politely kind of like nods and stuff, but I don't know if he's just 
reacting like that's inappropriate and I'm normal and you're weird. Or if he's like, this is awkward, but remember my mum was murdered. Yeah, do not remember that, Hope. Um, I, I don't know, but and that was basically it, wasn't it? They have a they have a meal together out later, but that was a that well. They're trying to placate Hope, who and with no idea that this girl is actually couldn't be more thrilled. She thinks that it's almost akin to having your dad turn out to be a celebrity or a film star or something. Yeah, yeah. but I have to tell you, I think I would have been like this as a kid as well. Would you? I would have loved this. You found out that your dad was a was a raging psychopath. Well, I don't murder. think I don't think I would have been happy with such a close relative. But if I found out like my great granddad or my great great, you know, I'd be like, ooh, you better watch out. <laughs> don't know if it's genetic. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it kind of interesting? I yeah. mean, you know, science for the victims and everything. But... Mm. I am sorry as well if anyone thought that I was being a bit too um, uncaring about. Um, uh, you know, downplaying John Stapes' villainy last week because yeah, oh yeah, we got a he, comment, didn't we? He did, he did do a yeah, Jay. I I understand. Uh, he did do lots of pretty naughty things. All I'm saying is, in comparison to some of the other big baddies that have been through Coronation Street in the past, I still don't think that he's up there among the most well, who would be the most notorious and juicy to write a book about, but. Yeah, I reckon you could fill a good few pages with the uh, with the story of John Stapes. So um, I, maybe maybe I was a bit wrong with that one. I think you need to read a few more true crime books, my friend. I know, I know. See, I, this isn't a world that I know very much about. I have I have a little experience in in the ways of true crime. In true in cold blood. I don't I don't I like um, reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, that was it for this week's Coronation Street. It, that, that wasn't as long as a street talk as I thought it, it, it could have it's been. It's because the racism stuff took so long to get through. Yeah, and then we and then we raced and through the non racism yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I haven't actually had and a thought agree, for myself. And we agree, as about... usual, racism is bad. Yes. I don't know what score I'm going to give this one this week. Um... I've, I thought today's... I Wednesday's was really good. Mm. Wednesdays was the best. Fridays, for sure. I, I, we got too distracted by Millie Gibson. It's her fault. Yeah, to, to get. But I think I think there was a good episode under there. But and Wednesday was certainly the highlight. Wednesday mis- felt odd. That Mr. Blobby video was great, and now <laughs> the time has passed, and I can't. There's a, there's an awful lot of our listeners that now. don't know who Mr. Blobby or what Mr. What, what Crinkly Bottom is, Gemma. I'm afraid. Please, if you are from a different country and you don't know who Mr. Blobby is or what Crinkly Bottom is, can you please not Google it? <laughs> but I want you to write me a quick note of what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, I want to read some of these. Gemma, have you got any ideas for a score this week? <laughs> I want I want you to score first because I'm still thinking. Okay, right. Well, Monday Monday's episode, I think a bit bit disjointed and weird i got a weird feeling i got from a funny it. vibe from monday but again we've spoken very many times about how difficult it can be sometimes to if your head's in the wrong place mm. it's the same as if you're like an air traffic controller yeah you have to be completely mentally ready for your job otherwise it's going to go wrong isn't Collision, it yeah so um i think this is a three and a half week yeah that's what i was gonna say Three and a half week to me just means like it was good. It was good. It was there fine. There were some factors there were some holding good it back. Bits. There were some bits I think, oh yeah, that was great. And then mm, mm. some other bits I didn't like. Three and a half what, Gemma? What are you Three and a on? half grey squirrels invading the NHS. But I think <laughs> they work there, so it's fine. Wasn't that Roy's point? I am going to give it three and a half women who say, yoo-hoo, out of five. 
um, which was a reference to Monday's episode. Um, I think it was Fizz. I'm pretty sure. Oh it yes, was she was bringing Tyrone his lunch yeah, or something. Yeah, three and a half women who say yoo-hoo. And I was um, when she brought him his lunch, I was like, "Girl, that man was cheating on you like a year and a half ago, and you're bringing him his lunch, going yoo-hoo. You should be drowning him in a ditch." <laughs> and that's why I will never stray. <laughs> um, character of the week. If you stray, you need to go far, far away and never stop. <laughs> character of the week. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to go with Roy, just for his speech on Wednesday's episode. He didn't have a whole lot to do this week, but but what he did do, he was uh, he was pretty darn awesome. David Nielsen um, bringing it again, taking down Griff, reducing him to a blubbering mess almost. Um, and who doesn't love a good bit of Roy telling people that they are factually incorrect? Um... Hmm. I Gemma, didn't. Clearly. No, I didn't. I wasn't convinced. Honestly, I didn't think that. I thought that Griff's nonsense was so absolutely ludicrous that you didn't need to give it a point by point. You didn't point need to be Roy rebuttal. to pick holes in it. No, I don't think you needed to know any facts about crayfish to point out that it was a false equivalence. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not spider. It's uh, oh. Who could it be? I don't know. It's not David. He's been a bit of a prat, really, I think. Tell you who we didn't see this week. It wasn't no Shona this week either, was it? No, there? I know. No, Shona wasn't there a bit, I think. Was she? I think she was. She pro- cropped up a couple of oh, times. Okay. I'm, I think I might give it to Fern, because oh, I don't know if we're going to see her again. And I I really liked the character. I thought the storyline was a bit of a mess at times. Um, and we said that already. Uh, but I really enjoyed the concept. I liked the way they wove a story out of it. I think... Um, I just, I just loved how she was great. schmoozing into the police car when she was arrested. I think that was well. brilliant. She was like, she turned into like a femme fatale at the yeah. end. Yeah, she did. Like her motivations made no sense. I don't know what she thought she was going to do with seventy grand's worth of jewellery on the run, with a with a felon's face. But never mind. I like the cat. I like the actress. I think she has a lot of charisma. I like her and Bernie together. I thought they did a great job of picking up each other's mannerisms. So, I shall give it to Bernie. Good job. Right, um, I think it's time to move on and talk a bit of news. News time, and there is an awful lot of news to get through this week, but very first piece of news is very, very exciting because there was a new curry baby. Julia Goulding, congratulations. You've had a little girl. We, I didn't know whether you knew this, Gemma, but there's a bit of a clue. Julia Goulding was pregnant. Did you see that she had a little bit of a bump there? No. There was a baby inside and it popped out on oh, Saturday. Oh, so weird. And um, they, they are now, they now have a baby girl called Emmeline. And um, yeah, she, she is apparently, she is apparently perfect. So, um... What more is there to say, really? But obviously, very, very chuffed for 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 the for the family. Oh, I love the whole name. This is such a celeb name, Emmeline Beanie Silver. That so is cool. that is a good celebrity name. That's like a racehorse's name. Yeah, um, nice, like it. Congratulations. Um, I didn't know when I was expecting this baby to come. I don't know why they didn't well, tell you, me. You, yeah, but it no, was nice not, little bit of news to appear on the social media right? <laughs> this was. week. Congratulations. All right, um, that's weird. Last congratulations to Coronation Street for their um, performance at the TV Choice Awards because they didn't come away with any this week. You could at least have stolen one. You could, you could have done, couldn't you? I bet that... there's a few soaps and stuff you could beat up. I think um, Emma Dale won the best soap. We had Mark Charnock again with the best um, uh, male performer Carlson or whatever Smith could it beat was. could beat up Mark and... Charnock, don't you reckon? 
Oh yeah. Celebrity <laughs> deathmatch, bring it back. <laughs> and that one with the uh, with the wedding dress on EastEnders won the the, the best uh, actress or whatever. But yeah, so sadly Coronation Street didn't win any this week. Um, but. Did they win Gemma's um, support in the, the, the fashion stakes? There's an award ceremony, Gemma. That can only mean one thing. Fashion, fashion. Ooh, like what you're wearing. Molly. Molly Gallagher. Molly Gallagher is going blonde and blonde and blonde, isn't she? She is. She thinks we don't notice because she's doing it bit by bit, but I can see with my eyes what you're doing. Um, she looked great. She's wearing a nice uh, Mortisserie Adams look. Little bell sleeve, sleeves there and a nice Mary Jane platform black pin. Yeah, nice pair of Spice Girl platforms there. Yeah, very well, classic, good. Classic look since 1996. Um, <laughs> Colson Smith, he is wearing, is, are those Yeezys or something? What's a Yeezy? Any, anytime there's weird that was trainers. A, type of gun. a Yeezy. An Uzi? No. <laughs> is um, that a trainer, is it? It's, it's Kanye West's. I don't, I don't think they are because I don't think you can wear them anymore because he's he's evil now. Oh, yeah. Um, Colson Smith's He's got wearing a white trainers and he's got a grey waistcoat with, is it a navy or black? I don't know, but he's got nice skinny trousers I'm on. I'm black. Quite nice, actually. I like that. Yeah. yeah very cool. Where's your orange uh, n- napkin? Yeah. Peter Gunn also suited and booted. What's he got on his tie? It's just like patterns. It's like a paisley. A, a very nice. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Smart. Smart. Lovely. Yeah. Ellie Leach. Ellie Leach. Nice. She, she looks like she's auditioning to be Holly Willoughby's replacement on Good Morning Britain or whatever <laughs> it's called. She's got a lovely um, Very uh, nice, sharp, pastel, lemon-coloured, um, double-breasted suit jacket and nice wide trousers. Mm-hmm. And an orange or maybe peach bag with a pearl handle. Yeah. And then it's like and that's matching, matching shoes. shoes. Exactly. Very nice. Very Ellie nice. Oh, uh, oh she looks nice. Sarah looks wonderful, isn't she? She's yeah, all nice. glammed yeah. up. She's also pastely. Pastely pink she's wearing. Nice um, slinky dress there. How else would you describe it? Strappy. Yeah. Yeah, booby, a little bit booby. I wasn't going to say that. No, I can say she's, it. I she's say got, it. she's I'm got a, a kind of silvery clutch bag as well. I like it. She yeah. looks very confident and happy. I like the colours. I like Ellie and, and Sarah's colours. I do like a colour on a dress. Um, but Tanisha Gorey, in black. wearing all black. Still looks Has nice. she got straps on that dress or is it um, I don't know. strapless? She's I got a long, nice hair. Her hair is dangling down. She looks great and she looks wonderful in her glasses and I think she should keep up wearing her glasses because she looks fabulous. Me too. Her glasses look, it's really suit her face and she's got a nice pair. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was it for Coronation Street. Well, almost. There was one of the first that went, but we're not is... allowed to talk about them. Huh? You think back to who else no, was there. No, I can't. <laughs> Katie McGlynn was also there. Not representing Corrie, I assume. But um, we thought that as she had been on it, I'd, go, I'd get a picture of her. And she certainly had an outfit on, didn't she? She's killed an ostrich. And yeah, dyed wrapped it, black. it around her chest. She looks she looks great. Slinky, nice hair. Yeah, she's just got feather, feathers and, and sequins. Yeah. That was it. it. That was all the Corrie people that went to the awards. So not too many people, but never mind. Because you didn't win any this year, Coronation Street. But what you did win this week is a Pro Max UK award. And this is some fancy pants media award. Um, And Coronation Street has won it for the Identity Stories um, YouTube video that they put out. um, Gosh, it must be a year or plus ago now. I don't know if many of you remember this, um, but it had... um, he was there, Millie Gibson, talk of the devil, um, Molly Gallagher, Max Evans, um, Tanisha Gorey, we kind of sat, sat around talking about 
um, you know, mental health and various issues they've struggled. It was all in the wake of the hate crime storyline. It was really well put together um, thing by the the digital media team in Coronation Street. And yeah, Dan Archibald is you know well done. Is the is the, the main guy and yes. the digital team at Coronation Street posted a, a very proud tweet Good earlier this evening. So yeah, that's very, fantastic. I'm very proud of him. Very very proud of him and Taz for winning that award. Good job. They so won the not best. Just, not just the actors that can win the awards. No, Pro, Promax Awards um, on a promotion design and marketing by a company or individual that has broadcast, published, or released in their respective markets. Oh. And he won, uh, they won, Best Use of Social Media Organic Support. Congratulations, Spider with Love. Street. EastEnders and Emmerdale didn't win any of those. No, they didn't win anything. Year. Where are they? No, they might. Dead don't. in a ditch. I don't know. More award talk. The iTalk Telly Awards nominations uh, came out this week. This has been going eight years now, <laughs> despite the shrug from Gemma. I didn't we... shrug, you can't prove <laughs> um, You can vote for Coronation Street in um, five categories, I think. So, Best Soap, you can vote for Coronation Street. Best Soap Newcomer, we've got... Um, Paddy Beaver and Shanique Sterling-Brown. Shanique was very happy. I saw on Instagram early this week to be nominated there. So they play um, Max and um, Dee Dee Bailey, of course. Um, we've also got Best Soap Performance for Millie Gibson. And um, she Kelly. may... Kelly, Kelly Nealon. She may well have other awards um, coming her way in future years for other endeavours that she'll be getting up to. And um, Sally Carmen as well. Or should that be Sally Carmen Dutteen? I'm still seeing both. But um, two fantastic performances there. She plays uh, Abby. She does, doesn't she? But last... Uh, do you see? I saw. I, I posted on Twitter the other day. Abby has been in like five episodes since July. What's going on? Where is she? Bring her back. Um, Best Soap Partnership. You've got Alan Hulsell with um, Jenny McAlpine. So that's Tyrone and Fizz. And you've also got Joe Dettine and Sally Denever who play Sally and Tim. Um, so they both had both uh, fairly big stories this year. Obviously the Alan and Jenny ones maybe were in a little bit bigger. I think they're two very, very good couples. We've got some nice nominations there, but I know that um, the other soaps are certainly firing on all cylinders when it comes to award-worthy performances and storylines at the moment. So we'll just have to see. If you Do want you... to vote for Coronation oh, Street, go to italktelly.com slash awards 2022. Um, I didn't see anything there about when um, the awards went out, but I'm just going to say get over there now and give your clicks for Coronation Street, please. Now, Gemma, this next story is right that up your street. That should be our hashtag. Click for Corrie. We go there. You try it. See if Why it not? works. I, I'm going to leave this one to you, Gemma, because this is some news that broke last night or this morning, I think. The and, news um, broke. Yeah, that's what news does. It breaks, doesn't it? Da, ba, da, ba, ba, da, ba. Breaking news. Coronation Street Breaking releases... Breaking news is all about booze. Wonky Duck Gin. Wonky Duck Gin. Love it. Just in time for Christmas from a company which seems to be called number 186 or 186. I, d- I don't know. These weird booze companies, what they're like. So, yeah, a, a, a fresh... Um, Hot off the heels of the R-Rail um, beer that came out last year, the next in the line of Coronation Street-themed alcoholic products is Wonky Duck Gin, named after Hilda's Muriel Ducks. Or maybe it's named after the Conversation Street logo. I don't know. We should get a free, didn't ask permission. free bottle for us to work out. We should out. get a free bottle of it. So it's a Manchester-based distillers, and they work with a show to create this unique flavour, which is based on... Eccles cakes and yes. old Tom Tom style recipe. What did it say? What the percentage is? Um, yes, it says thirty seven point five percent alcohol by volume, and um, it contains currants, orange, lemon, cinnamon, 
cassia, natural honey, almonds, cardamom, juniper, coriander, angelica and licorice. It sounds disgusting to me. I don't think I'm really the market that they're going for here. They want people like Gemma to be buying bottles of this and chugging it back this Christmas. This sounds absolutely delicious. Lindsay Postlewaite of the company said it's been a labour of love creating this beautiful unique gin for Corrie well I could have helped you Lindsay you didn't ask you me. could have been a taste tester couldn't you oh yeah but it wouldn't have been any use would I <laughs> that's nice that's nice I like that if it's is this gin free? you'll have it this is free right I'm not Gemma paying Gemma is this. a big gin fan if anyone's you know wants to wants to buy her I'm not just presents. a cider drinker everybody no, no when she's feeling a bit classy it's gin and tonics for Gemma oh yeah so you are absolutely going to try I'm and get board. yourself a bottle of this wonky duck this Christmas to try it out oh yeah, Lindsay says, we know Hilda liked to pour on lemon in the Rovers, but we're sure if it was around the back, she'd have ordered a wonky duck and tonic. Hints of honey and warm cur- currants would have been right up her street. Get what you did there, then. Uh, William... She's so proud of herself for that. Oh, come on. Tell you what, like, we've never Eli- done it. Better than Eliza Stew Quittle, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> William, William Van Rest, who's director of gaming, live and merchandising at ITV. I've got some questions for you, William. Where's the calendar, mate? Um, he says, We know how much the UK loves GNT and we're excited to be able to join the unique gin market with Wonky Duck. I have to say, I do like the it name. It's the best name. Uh, I we, love it. A gin collector's dream and the perfect Christmas present. We can't wait to see our beautiful blue bottles on the shelf. The bottle is very nice, isn't it? A nice blue and gold one. If you want to, uh, to see your, your bottle on our shelf, Will, send it to us, please. Um, you can buy it from www.186gin.co.uk Yeah, but you're not going to get it quite yet because delivery is from oh. the 28th of November. So you got to wait a week and a half or so before you get that. What? It's, it's 33.99 for a bottle. It's quite... I don't know how much you get that's, for that. That's that's kind of a boutique That's like an average price for a boutique gin. Oh, I would it? imagine it's 70, 75... 75CL. Yeah, as mm. I like to say in France. Yeah. <laughs> this is just the most weird, unexpected news this morning, but hey, it's given us something to talk well, about. Well, I the love podcast. it. I love things like this. I think Coronation's. Do- well, like, remember when they brought out their anniversary gin and we were like, what? Where where's ours? Why can't we buy this? Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? They had a special 60th anniversary yeah. booze up at the ITV studio. Yeah, that's rude. Didn't send us. Well, we're going to. Why would they send us any? I wouldn't expect them to send us any, but I'd want to buy it. Yes, we we will probably try writing to um to these people to see if we can get a review. I'll do a live taste test. I'll do a live taste test. You could just down the whole lot as the podcast progresses. I'll do a shot every time I say oh Harlia. (laughs) Shot every time you say summer. Um, I we've got a special we've got a special new um cool uh thing that we can do with our with our laptop now. Well, we can see things. Oh yeah, the desktop mode on your Mac. So we we could you could film me drinking. Mm. We did come up with a good idea for that, which we're going to do around Christmas yeah, we as were. well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. And also, you got some lovely new glasses for your birthday. Didn't I did. You? I, I got very some very nice glasses. I I love them very much. I'm so scared Michael's going to break them because he likes. To I do, do that. like to break the crockery and but glassware around this house. If I get to try some wonky duck, then I will serve it from my special gin and glasses absolutely anyway um if anyone else wants to try it as well um let us know what you think um yes. next up we're on to of course the um reality tv news and um in strictly come dancing will meller who plays harvey and kim marsh who played uh, michelle connor are still going strong will got joint How top long is second on? goes till christmas i think are you joking yeah he got we got <laughs> runners up in the leaderboard last week kim Joint bottom. Ooh. Like Although she did well the last job, week, isn't it? 
She said, but apparently, uh, according to Rebecca, there were three that were kind of joint second from bottom. They both got through anyway. I don't know what they're doing. I up? haven't seen it. Um, I expect if you're interested, you probably watched it yourself. Mm. Sue Cleaver is still doing well in the jungle. Um, I think she survived a vote off tonight. Um, I'm always surprised at how short um, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is. I think there's only like a week or so of it left now, maybe. Um, and so um, Rebecca has, 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 has suppo- suggested that maybe she might not last right to the end. But um, she, she still sent us a handy update on what sort of things she's been getting up to this week, including winning coloured balls and putting them in a tombola. And the more balls you had, the better chance you had of winning. Um, in which they, they get, got a chance to win a barbecue with a load of bacon and sausages and, and, and stuff. And um, Sue won two balls. And, um, and, and that, that was kind of that, really. There was also a jungle version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire this week called Who Wants to Look Silly on Air. Nice. See what you did there as you well. You could work for this company. And um, Sue was the phone a friend that, in that because um, apparently Sue there was... Sue was a phone a friend? Somebody phoned her. With the jungle phone. I don't know. There was a question about Coronation Street. So somebody phoned up Sue and said... Um, What's your favourite Coronation of, Street podcast? Well, yeah, who's been the longest character in Coronation Street? Or whatever it was. And, who's the um, longest one? Alice Bishop was quite tall. <laughs> he was pretty long, wasn't he? I hear that Fred Feast was uh, was quite long as well. He, <laughs> so he liked to brag about. Um, and apparently she did another challenge where she uh, failed to win some popcorn, but you can't win them all. But... I heard she said something rude to Matt Hancock today. Did she indeed? I I've, can't I've really it. not been following any of what Sue's been getting up to, but um, I, I'm glad to hear that she's still going down relatively well with the viewers. Um, next bit of news. Of course I had to mention this. This is not rumours territory anymore, everybody. Helen Flanagan has spoken about a potential return to Coronation Street. Now, nothing is confirmed yet, so this isn't spoilers or anything. But she did do an interview in The Star early this week. There was some other awards thing going on at ITV on Monday, I think. And The Star asked her, So, you're not going out with Scott anymore, are you? You're coming back to Coronation Street. Helen Flanagan said... Well, I would come back as a mum, I think. I'd love to see her as a mum. I think that'd be really interesting if that was why she went away. I think she'd probably just leave the baby with Sally and she'd be out all the time. I'd love a scandalous baby daddy too. That'd be really good, actually. Maybe not knowing the dad, that would be really amazing. So, she's got her stories written out already, Gemma. (laughs) Rosie as a mum. I don't know. I'm not interested in Rosie as a mum. I don't think I want to see Rosie as a mum either. Obviously, Helen Flanagan, would. I'm not surprised that she'd be interested in that story. What with her having popped out a few sprogs herself since um, leaving the cobbles. But yeah, mums don't always make the most interesting characters on Coronation Street. They kind of get tied down, don't they? Although the, the, the scandalous baby daddy could have, a bit of, could have a bit of legs to it. You know, Ken Barlow, new, new child with Rosie Webster. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted her to have done something with her life in Japan. Yeah, I know. I... Even if it's just literally, she comes back and she's like, Hi, Mum! Konnichiwa! And that's as much as and she And that's knows. all she can remember. All she knows is she's lived there she, for how many years? She's been there for quite a while now. But um, I'm still... I, I daren't get my hopes up about Helen Flanagan coming back to Coronation she's just Street. Teasing you now. I would love it. I I've just got Millie Gibson appearing in Doctor Who as a companion, so um, I'm not. What I'm not can gonna... we get next? Well, we, and we've had Spider back in Coronation Street this year, so it's been it's been pretty good, pretty good year for. for I know the what we're gonna. I know what us. I'm asking for for Christmas. Quah. 
I would like Charlie DeMello to be cast as the new James Bond, please. Yes. That would do us nicely. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, now, before we move and on to be a, a proper celebrity not friend. really Coronation Street news, but it's still worth mentioning, um, don't forget the schedules for next week on Coronation Street are slightly differently. I just realised I've started talking without, talking about it without remembering Isn't exactly it when it is. Wednesday? I'm going to say Wednesday and Thursday. Next it's week. Two episodes next week. Wednesday. Yeah, the World Cup is starting on Monday. Oh, there's a bit of controversy there, isn't there, I hear. Um, so I think, yeah, Wednesday and Thursday may well be Coronation Street. We'll still do the podcast, possibly on the same day. I don't know. Or maybe we'll get it out a day early. We'll have to see. Um, and then um, I've seen reported as well online that there's going to be an episode the following Sunday. So it's all kind of going all over the place. But what it doesn't seem to be doing is getting uploaded on the streaming services anytime soon. So I'm happy, even though ITVX has kind of stealth early launch this week. So th this is the new streaming service, which pretty much looks exactly like the ITV Hub, but with a new lick of paint. It's because people keep tweeting how much they hate ITV Hub. Yeah, and they're saying, let's call it something else. And maybe I know what we can do notice. about this. So this was supposed to launch in um, early December, but if you go to itvx.com now, you can go, you can sign up to it, you can pay for a freemium subscription. Apparently you can watch Coronation Street without an ITV logo in the corner. So that's maybe worth the price of entry alone. Sorry, I mean ITV1 because ITV has now rebranded again as ITV1. I get really, um, that triggers me. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not called ITV1, it's called ITV. So, um, but at least I think the logo for it is a little bit better than the last time it became ITV1. Oh, it's just so Anyway, crap. I went on to the ITVX and I did a little search to see how much Coronation Street was on there. And again, I think it's pretty much the same as what was on the hubs. So you got your normal episodes, you got your ITV classic episodes, you got about 30 episodes from the first 60 years. So it really is slim pickings. Um, but as I've always said, how realistic is it that they're going to put thousands of episodes of Coronation Street on an online streaming platform? Why would well, anyone do that? I'll tell you why. And because we found out just, was it yesterday this news broke, that Neighbours are doing just that. And after their... Not a um, bunch of shyster, lying... Little conniving. I know. After making us feel all sad for ne for neighbours ending earlier this year, they only flip and well announced yesterday that it's coming back again um, on Freevee, which I've never heard of. But it's I an watched, Amazon service. It's a channel on Amazon because I watched. I watched um, Wreck. Oh, okay. Rec. The so we Spanish, have we have access to this. The Spanish horror movie thing, and I also watched. Um, Blair Witch Project and if you've ever wanted to ruin a horror movie for yourself just put adverts all the way through it is that what it was yeah oh gosh yeah so um, this this just kind of dropped on social media yesterday and there were three of the neighbours stars there um, Toadie Toadie was Lady. there Lady Lady was there. Man, Mike man. was there over Zoom, wasn't he? And um, yeah, so so Amazon have, have bought the rights to Neighbours, and and as of the second half of 2023, it's going to be back on air. So all you all you lucky fans um, are going to have your favourite soap back again. If it is your favourite soap, it shouldn't be. Um, there has been a little bit of controversy with it, there hasn't there, because apparently the only people, the only cast members who knew about this return were the ones that featured in the promo. So we kind of saw some other tweets of the neighbours actors going, hey, hang on a minute, am I getting my job back or it must not? must be awful. Um, 
it's I, I, I can't see how it's going to be exactly the same as the old neighbours. Surely they're not going to have the same budget or, or cast or anything like that. But I, I, I'm, I'm so, so happy for... <laughs> Guy Pearce is like, come on, am I going to get another... I, that was my audition, baby. I want to be back in the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was so, so chuffed for, for Neighbours fans around the globe when I heard this yesterday. Because I, I know, know how devastating it was to get it cancelled earlier this year. I feel like year. this is a monkey's paw wish here, I think. Honestly, I'm very pessimistic about this. I feel like it's going to come back. It's going to be not as good as it was. It's not going to have as good of a budget. They're not going to bring back all the characters. And I, I give it a year. Well, I mean, they they brought back Crossroads, didn't they? But that was after it had a fairly lengthy gap, and uh, and that was certainly a bit of a car crash. Tell you what's right for a comeback. What El Dorado? <laughs> you always go back to that one. You I love, love that. that El Dorado. So I, I'm pleased for neighbours. I am. I also share your sense of trepidation a little bit about it. But you know, if you're a diehard neighbours fan, I'm sure there'll be is... some enjoyment in there. Oh, I don't know. It feels like they just put it in the hospice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's going to be available towards the end of next year. Um, and also they have said that thousands, yes, that's right, thousands of classic episodes of Neighbours will be available I to stream. I think that's the main thing. Your move, ITV. You got 10,000 episodes of Coronation Street. And if Neighbours are getting thousands of episodes streaming, then why can't you? I always kind of was of the opinion that surely not. The amount of bandwidth or, or web space or whatever the word is to be able to put all of those episodes on there, it it wouldn't it wouldn't work. I think the problem Too is much, there's but... so much problematic stuff there that they want to take out. I expect there 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 could be. But uh, they should just put a disclaimer at the beginning going, This mm. this was made in nineteen sixty one. What do you want us to say? Yeah. This is how people used to speak to each other. I would Oh, I, I almost wish that Neighbours weren't doing this now because I'd kind of made peace with the fact that we're not going to get all of the old episodes of Coronation Street available you, to stream. Michael. But now I think, oh, it could be possible. This could be happening. At some point in the future, we might get... And if I was ITV setting up this new streaming service, ITVX, and it was, you know, remotely possible, I'd kind of be doing it. So um, get some of that maybe Argos watch money. this space. Yeah, get that Argos money. Get what about those... this wonky duck cash? <laughs> Let's put that, slap that on, on the the servers, shall we? Yeah, get get Helen Flanagan back to promote it. Fire, get her to do the adverts for fire it. Half the cast, then you better afford it. What do you reckon? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, just want to say uh, congratulations, neighbours. Hope it hope it all works out for your mates. Um, but I also feel a little bit cheated because now I can't say that I watched um, the final final episodes of Neighbours and maybe I'll have to do it again sometime. What's Madge's ghost going to do now? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Um, they did her dirty. They did. That is it for the news. Lots to talk about. There's also a lot of feedback, so we best get on to that. Okay, um, it is feedback time of the podcast. We are coming towards the end of this lovely podcast edition and um, I would like to say thank you very much to everybody who voted on our Facebook poll, as you do every week. If you want to vote in this poll, get over to our Facebook page, find our Facebook group, sign up, 
ask, answer some questions, and then you can tell us what you thought about this week's Coronation Street and stuff. The average score for last week's episode on the poll was 3.48 out of 5, Ooh. so that's not too bad. And that includes Jonathan, who scored it four decisions about whether to go to a little mix concert or walk into a prison for a session of restorative justice out of 5. Michelle, who gave it four bad Elvis impersonators out of 5. Oh, Dev. And um, Fiona, who um, I picked as my choice of the week, who gave it three and a half chess games that are merely a ruse out of five. Now, we have if got... If I a... challenge anybody here to a chess game, it's because I've been kidnapped. And that's your code to okay. tell the police. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for warning me about that one. Um, we got a voice message through today, didn't we? I've not actually heard this one yet, but this came from Jake. He sent it through on Facebook. So um, I'm just going to click play here and see what Jake has got to say for himself. Hello, Janet and Michael. Um, just a few thoughts on last week's Coronation Street. Um, I really enjoyed all the stuff with um, John Stape and the book, even if it was a bit wacky. And like Michael, I am a bit sceptical about whether John Stape's really the best Coronation Street villain to do a book on. Um, people like Pat Phelan and Tony Gordon would be a lot better. And obviously Richard Hillman. Um, but yeah, John State was sort of just a bit of a fool, really. Um, as I illustrated in my short story a few um, weeks ago, I enjoyed um, Alan and Summer moving in with Amy and Jacob. I think Summer definitely needs a break from her three dads. And that flat has missed a lot of young people for a long time. You know, there's been a lot of um, young people just coming into adulthood, um, having that flat and having a lot of fun there. Um, I think Alia used to live there with Luke. Uh, obviously, Steph and Tina were two of my favourites in that flat. And um, it makes a lovely change from Toya um, sitting there going, oh, I'm so sad because I got away with murder. Um I really enjoyed Tracy's interference with the move-in um, and she was at her very best last week, I thought. I loved all of the Bernie stuff. I uh, loved Shona as well. Um, seemed my very classic copy. I think I'll leave thoughts on the far right until after this week's copy because we might have a clearer picture of what's going on. I would like to say that I really enjoyed uh, your interview with Charlotte Jordan. Uh, I think she's an excellent addition to the cast and I'm really um, looking forward to seeing where, where Daisy goes in the future. So I'd give last week's Coronation Street three and a half knitting natter clubs with Blanche, Princess Di, Tommy Cooper and Whitney Houston out of five. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> That sounds like the best group ever. <laughs> I, I, I think, I'm glad you enjoyed the Charlotte Jordan interview. Yeah, I also like doing it. Too. And um, for anyone that's listening that wasn't sure what Jake was referring to about the story, he did over um, Halloween time yes. write an excellent piece of fan fiction which he published on our Facebook page. You better go about, there if you um, read it. About the, the serial killers of Coronation Street past appearing on funny. the cobbles to haunt Stephen Reed and then give him a bit of advice as well. And he, yeah. Uh, he got the characters uh, down to a two. Very, very good stuff. Thank you very much, Jake. 
and um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts about the far right storyline in uh, in future weeks. Um, we got a message from Rachel as well, so I'm going to read this one out. She says, um, "This is a response to our listener question episodes this week, where um, we wondered." We got quite a few responses. We to did our... get a few. We don't responses. very often get specific podcast feedback. No, no. But um, yeah, people, a few people have seemed quite inspired by that one, which is nice. But So she particularly enjoyed the Eurovision discussion we had, who out of the Coronation Street cast, or character-wise, would make the best hope. Rachel says, I've seen clips of Eurovision, but have never actually watched it in its entirety. So with that in mind, I think that George, David and Amy should be hosts. Being an undertaker, George could handle anything, David could be sarky, and Amy can be snarky and cool in a glamorous dress. Also, yeah. if we can't have Ken Barlow, can we have Ben Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh thinking about that name. Me oh, too. Ben Carlo. I, uh, I don't know whether, can you see George as a Eurovision host? No, not too not sure. Really. Not too I, sure. I think he's the way that he is played. He's he feels like he'd get quite. I think he'd get flustered. Mm -hmm. By the way, um, somebody also on our Facebook group today posted a clip of I'm going to say a 1995 episode of Coronation Street, and it had Tony Maudsley in um in really? a in a previous incarnation. Yeah, very mm. young looking Tony Maudsley in 1995. <laughs> he was um he was in a scene with Alec Gilroy, so that was really really cool oh, to see. So uh, thank you, whoever it was that posted that. I can't remember who it was, but that was really cool. Um. We have got. Let's move on to our next message. We've got Christine and Gemma. I will. Um, I will leave that one to you to read out. What does Christina have to say? Well, she says we're like-minded friends because, as an American, the first thing attracted me to Coronation Street, she says, was the lack of a background soundscape. Ameri oh yes. So this is in response to our other listener question then about what we what we think Coronation Street should shouldn't do, and we said soundscape. Uh -uh. No, thank you. American shows are so noisy. I don't need the background music to tell me how I should be feeling or alerting me to what is usually quite obvious. That being said, there are many shows that have excellent soundtracks, but the option to have a show without one is refreshing. Also, somehow contributes to the cosy feel of the show, which is quite incredible when you think about it. I agree wholeheartedly that they break up couples too frequently, which is just a perennial complaint on Coronation Street. I am also getting tired of the intense drama slash issues storylines. My favourite moments are the incidental scenes of humour and friendship. Remember those hilarious scenes between Steve, Tim and Irene, Eileen, in the cabbie <laughs> office? Gosh, I miss that. Because the world is so intense, when I settle down to watch Coronation Street, I kind of want that sweet, non-consequential, Norman Rockwell-ish viewing. Can we please just have a moment of escapism on the cobbles? Three one-hour episodes a week suits me fine. I hope you guys officially get hired to work for Coronation Street. Well, if, if our answers to, to that particular listener question this week don't get us hired, then I might have ideas, quite frankly. Well, They've I not don't... come knocking on the door yet. You guys Christina, all know that if that say. ever happens, we can't do the podcast, right? Is that what you're trying to get us to quit? <laughs> I don't, yeah, would people be happy for us? Or would they just they be get secretly, get secretly mad that they'd have to get their, well, their Coronation Street podcasting fix elsewhere? Well, there's plenty of other places. <laughs> Thank you very much for your um, message, Christina. It's, yeah, like Gemma said, it's always good when the, to hear specific um, podcast-related bits of feedback on um, on various think, things that we've talked about. Do you think if we got a job on Corey, we could like keep this on the download, this podcast? I don't think we could, Do you think no. we'd just go underground and only do Patreon? I don't think we'd get away with that, no. no I think you might be right. <laughs> Um, Rebecca has said oh, well, just as what? always just to say I will always take bribes under the table if Coronation Street want to pay me off to say only nice things 
Yeah, they haven't tried that one yet either, have they? Oh, well, I don't know why they don't give it a go. I'm not We've that expensive. We've been told by people on Coronation Street that they like our frank honesty about the show. Yeah, but they haven't given me money for it, though, have they? <laughs> Rebecca <laughs> has said of last week's Coronation Street, I'm still loving the John Stapes story. <laughs> and even though I know there was going to be a giant cat out of him due to spoilers, it still made me laugh. It was brilliant. <laughs> I also agree that they could make Hope worse than what she is. I really like the Fizz and Tyrone scene as well. Although I don't know if Tyrone is telling the whole truth about his sudden burst of anger. Mm. I'm glad he only got a caution though, as it could have been a lot worse. Again, the Max story is brilliant as well, and Max is slowly being sucked into the racist world. I was shocked when it was Spider who threw the paint at Speed Dial, and I'm hoping that Toya doesn't put two and two together and think that Spider is part of the racist gang when it's all he's doing to keep up appearances regarding his undercover job. Well, he did, Rebecca, I'm sorry. I'm also still enjoying Max and Lauren, although I feel that she might just be using him as part of the racist group's plan. That reminded me, Gemma, Lauren, they don't like them in Coronation Street. Do you remember that Lauren yeah, who was bullying, bullying Bethany? Bullying, yeah. And David gave her a bit of a hatchet job in the old, uh, on the old hair. Uh, hair right off. Yeah. So clearly, Coronation Lauren's Street have got a thing Curse about thing. Laurens. Do we have any Lauren listeners? Apologies on behalf of Coronation Apologinas. Street. I feel for Darian though, says Rebecca, but I agree he might need to be killed to further the story along. Did we say that last week? Maybe we did. I'm also quite enjoying Alia this week too, and I'm glad Stu got his verdict overturned. Shona was also brilliant this week, and her scene in Monday's episode was so funny. The uh, the, the Love Lauren scene. <laughs> Summer was better this week, um, Rebecca thinks, as I enjoyed the whole flat moving in story. I fear though that Summer might develop feelings for Jacob oh my gosh as like Daniel was doing he's just being nice to her which would also cause drama between Amy and Summer Mike and Esther still as creepy as ever although I did like Esther wanting to bring food parcels around to the flat I also like Tracy being upset that Amy was moving out and continuing to visit her in her new flat I think Sam will visit Harvey and realize he's made a big mistake That might not be a bad thing, though, as I do think Sam needs some realistic life experience. I thought him asking Roy to take him to see Harvey as he knew Nick wouldn't take him was cool, too. I also laughed at Hope saying Sam was jealous as he'd never been included in the book. Finally, (laughs) as daft as the Bernie story is, I smile every time it's on. And Howard is bad news, I swear it. I bet he's working for Fern and the two are in a plot together. They were in cahoots, weren't they? Character of the week again is Max. And I'll give the week three and a half times Hope read the John State book and plotted, which which of his murder she should copy out of five. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thorough and um, great opinions. I'm sorry I'm running out of words at the moment. As always, Gemma, Nancy, Atwa. Nancy says, I do not think it was a great idea to include Hope in the book. She's a young girl. I was surprised she was reading it. She may need some counselling. I was wonderful. Tyrone made up with Nick. How come the writer manipulated a young girl and did not ask Fizz for her opinions? I don't think Fizz would have would have opened up. And I don't think she plays would online have been, games either. Sorry, be but fair. it would have been great to have just had um, Fizz State was contacted for a comment about this book but refused yeah, to contribute. So that makes her look like yeah, an evil woman. Evil non-contributor. So... Um, uh, this book seems to have been written for entertainment value without any regard for hope, fears or Tyrone's feelings. I love that cardboard cutout of John State, but I would love to see Evelyn reaction to all of this. Carla's wonderful to have Fizz's back. 
I felt bad for both Max and Darian in this storyline. I know what it feels like to be singled out. I'm not a person of colour or an immigrant. It happened to me because of my name when I was a kid. Lauren is able to manipulate Max because she knows he likes him. I do agree that Lauren cannot stand to see Alia or Darian as an equal. The hatred is ingrained. Max has not thought about the film Griff showed him or what it means. I hope David at some point gets Max to sit down and explain why he feels the way he does because Max and David have grown apart. I could tell that Shona quickly realised that Lauren is not so nice. The spider stepped in to do what Griff wanted done at Speed Dial to save Max from doing it. Yasmin will have a strong reaction. She may get Dev and Maria's backing. I feel Toya will find out soon that Spider is working undercover. Love Shona scenes. Stu needs to seek compensation. I didn't pick up, and maybe Nancy's right here, that the reason Spider did the paint chucking is... Yeah, I think that's Because right. of Max was supposed to be doing it. I didn't take, I didn't get that at all. But it could well have been... I feel someone will be making a mistake if she allows Mike to put his name on the birth certificate. Mm. God, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lots to come. This will not work. Lots still to come. I love Tracy, Tim, Daisy, Jenny and Glenda in the Rovers. I hope Sam can find some closure when he meets Harvey. Nick mentioning his father's killer was good. I think Harvey will see Sam to stop him from writing to him. Leanne's position has been wonderful in the storyline. I think Howie is totally in on Fern's con. Dev is a wonderful boyfriend, and I give this week's episodes four itsy bitsy spiders going down the spout out of five. Catch of the week is Max. <laughs> I went I went down a uh, an air raid shelter yesterday, Gemma, because we we have a walk around the village that my um my, my school is in for for World War Two, and we talk about where the bombs dropped and everything. And then um, one of the gardens has got an air raid shelter. We went down there, and that was full of spiders. Oh, you would no. you would not have liked it. It had little spiders crawling around. It had you know the little puffy white dead spiders there children were a little bit scared and every time a child left the air raid shelter was like don't bump your head don't bump your head don't bump your head what did I do when I climbed out of it clonk you stupid man I was very stupid sorry that you were picked on Nancy that sucks Mm. people are just mean yes they are indeed Uh, thank you for your comments as always and we have got one final comment this is from Richard who emailed us just today saying he hopes that we are well Gemma well I've got, I've got an earache. Do, hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I'm all right. <laughs> Although I've got a bit of a bit of a sore nose. You should have asked, moment. Richard. You didn't really want to know. No. <laughs> We're not true Brits. True Brits would say... Uh, all right, you. Oh, yeah, fine. Couldn't, mustn't grumble. Mustn't grumble, Richard. He didn't even ask, though, did he? He just said, hope you are well. Don't tell me if you're not. <laughs> what an absolute cracker of a week, Richard says. The best in ages. I'm sending this before Friday's episode, but both Monday and Wednesdays were five out of five ones for me. See, I saw Richard saying this on the Facebook group on Monday, and like like you said, Gemma, Monday's just... That just didn't sit right with me, but I'm really pleased to hear that um, you enjoyed it, Richard. The week was set up perfectly in the opening few minutes with Darian sharing his experiences with Maria and Gary. Gary's reaction was interesting. He basically sat and listened but seemed completely engaged with what Darian was saying. I wondered if Gary might have been thinking of what he and his very dearly departed bestie Quinny saw and experienced albeit as soldiers on a battlefield. Mm. Hope bossed Monday's episode. I'm loving how she's using her dad's infamy to her advantage. (laughs) It hadn't occurred to me that she might see John in a heroic, martyred manner when she discovered the full extent of what he'd done, and I found the following line brilliantly written and delivered. The name's Stape, Hope Stape, daughter of John, working class hero. There There we go, Richard saved us. That's what we wanted earlier. We couldn't remember. Thank you, Richard. Um, Roy absolutely owned Griff on Wednesday. In typical Roy fashion, he calmly 
calmly and politely called him out on points which were categorically wrong in his twisted speech. I enjoyed seeing how Brian supported his friend and it was reassuring when Max stood up for Roy when Griff was describing him as a weirdo afterwards. <laughs> it felt as though Griff hasn't totally got Max under his control ah. yet. I hope I don't regret submitting this feedback too soon, but a suitably strong Friday will make it my first five out of five week in months. Interesting. I've never given five out of five, Richard, because I am notoriously picky. Four and a half out of five is the best I've ever given. I don't know whether I will ever give a five out of five. It's got to be pretty darn special and flawless for that to get it in my my book. I think if we had seen the tram crash, if we had had Corey doing the podcast during the tram crash week... That would have been a five out of five. I think that is Coronation Street at its absolute peak. I know, I know. Um, I, I'd like to hope that one week I'll be able to give a five, but there's just always something that either I can say, oh, that wasn't quite good enough, or oh, I was a little bit boring. But um, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident with the three and a half that I gave this week. Um, I'm ho- Hopefully, you know, in the run-up to Christmas, it's going to build up, because that's that's when they want the bums on seats, isn't it? To uh, as, as the... The, the nights are drawing in, people not going outside quite so much. So they're going to draw us in with some with some Christmassy dramas. If... And I'm really, really, really hoping that some of that's going to be Stephen Reed because I miss him. Where's he gone? I don't know. He's just hanging around and loitering and plotting things. But um, it's just very weird how we're getting gaps in that story. So I hope we get to see him again soon. If Griff doesn't say at least once in December, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas in a meaningful and sinister way to somebody. Missing out. Missing then I the want trick. my money back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I wonder, could Stephen Reed off Griff or Reese or, or Only somebody? Only by accident. Maybe. I'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm still convinced he's going to do someone else. And I, and I, he's going to I do it, is he? I would not surprise maybe, me if he has another body in that grave before before uh, the New Year bell time. Maybe Gabrielle will come back from Canada for Christmas. Maybe, possibly. Because everyone knows. knows Canada's not a very Christmassy place. That is it for this week's podcast. We've made it to three hours. That's long enough for a podcast, isn't it? I think that's Everybody, the minimum. if you would like to um, send in to some make feedback... Sure that we make it as long as possible. You would like to send in some feedback to tell us about Coronation Street or tell us about Conversation Street or indeed tell us about what you think about Millie Gibson being named the new companion on Doctor Who... Let us know at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Please uh, tell me what you think Mr. Blobby is. Oh, yeah. If you yeah, if you haven't heard of Mr. Blobby or Crinkly Bottom, write a message to Gemma of what you think it might be and then go and f- Diagrams and do a bit of Google afterwards to, uh, to see how right you are. Don't Google it. We are at uh, Conversation Strew on Twitter for now. Who knows whether we will be this time next week. Um, we haven't set up that, what is it, Mastodon, did you say last week? Oh, yeah. Not looked into that. We did Vero ages ago. Do you remember that? I do remember we set up a Vero account. Um, maybe we need to go back Should to that. Should we do a TikTok? No. God, no way. Not, no I TikToks don't understand for us. That. Um, but we are on Instagram. We're there uploading pictures and things. Um, we are on iTunes, of course. Give us a review. Thank you very much to all our recent Thank reviewers. You guys. Five stars would be lovely. If, you, if you're listening to this on your phone now, just, you know, we're nearly at the end. I don't mind if you skip the last couple of minutes of this podcast and use that time wisely to go and give us a five out of five review um, on iTunes. It would make us jolly happy. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Facebook. Join our lovely Facebook group. Um, find our YouTube channel. We're still trying to get towards that thousandth subscription on YouTube, aren't we? So if you um if you ever listen to any of our stuff there, please do like and subscribe, as all the young uns say, apparently. Um, 
think that's about it. Oh, Patreon as well, of course. You can go there. We, we still need to do our November Patreon episode in the next couple of weeks. Don't know what that's going to be yet. Um, but that is it for episode 549 of Conversation Street. Next week is episode 550, which feels like it should be some kind of landmark episode. What is it? 550 next week. Well, that feels like we should have done something. I don't think you can do something every 50 episodes. That's every year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we can't do everything every year. No, it's just going to be a normal episode next week unless um, unless something jumps out at me. But um, yeah. Unless Millie Gibson wants to come on and give us a preview of what she's going to be doing for I the first I don't think that she knows that episode of Doctor Who. It's, it's not on for two years. So um, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's Coronation Street as much as we did. Hope you're enjoying Spider and Toya and the, the extremism storyline and, 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 and Roy stuff. and stuff. And I'm just waffling now because I um, don't really know. Kill a crayfish. Save the planet. I'm not going to ask Gemma if she's getting a thing um, wise to I just to told say. you what to, what to do. Say it again. Kill a crayfish to save the planet. Okay, everybody out there listening, everybody... you need to get inside your tap. Find yeah. some crayfish. Everybody kills invading, the crayfish on their left. Yeah, invading crayfish and then and then shoot some crayfish. We'll have nothing left to moan and, about. Um, and, and, and phone your doctor, make and, an appointment. And, and, and make some anti quagger muscle banners and, and wave them around on the beach a bit and, um, and do a new bit for the country. <laughs> That's it, everybody. See you next time. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>